Welcome, everyone, to Davos Fingers' coverage of House of the Dragon. This is episode 129, the second of his name. I am Scatty, and with me, as always, is my buddy, Matt. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this next episode. As Scad said, we're continuing our weekly coverage of HBO's House of the Dragon series, based on George R.R. R. Martin's wonderful seminal work. Fire and Blood. Uh, today we're talking about episode three of season one of House of the Dragon, and it's called The Second of His Name. Treason! Yeah, we'll be releasing these episodes once a week, uh, every Friday, hopefully uh, to give you guys enough time to digest what happened in the previous episode and get ready for the upcoming episode. We spend the first part of each of these episodes discussing the episode scene by scene, keeping it spoiler-free for you guys that haven't read Fire and Blood, that don't know what's coming. Uh, and then on the second half, we go into Dragons After Dark, where we'll go into all the things that happen in uh, Fire and Blood and go into some uh, predictions of what will be coming in the next episodes for House of the Dragon. So stick around for that if you're interested. If not, turn it off yeah. for that second, second little part. You'll have plenty of warning. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can check out these weekly episodes wherever you consume your podcast. Well, most everywhere you consume your podcast. You can also find them on YouTube. That's right. We are on YouTube now. And if you want to chat, let us know what you think of the episodes. Uh, send us a raven. We, you can find us at wearedavosfingers at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at davosfingers. You can find us on Facebook. You can leave a comment on YouTube. Uh, you can also check out our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash davosfingers. That's frozen for the moment as we make some future plans, but uh, we'd love to have you check it out and see what's there for you. The YouTube thing, Matt, I got to tell you, I'm not used to caring how I have to look. Yeah, I always every, think about it. Every like... Wednesday night, Thursday morning, I prip a little bit. I'm like, should I shave? Do I need to like try to clean it up a little bit? You know, it's, I'm not used to this. It's weird. Thankfully, we only have to clean up down here. Thankfully, we're both very handsome men. Yeah, we don't have to worry about the drapes or the carpet. Carpet. Oh my God. Thank God. Here we go. All right. Episode recap. We're going to start where the episode starts, which is uh, a little interesting scene in the Stepstones. As we predicted in the last episode, we start in the Stepstones here uh, where we're, we're dealing with some crabs and some caves and some dragons. Yeah, what do you think, Matt, of this opening scene? Oh my gosh, the fiery opening was just gorgeous until it pans down to this scene of absolute destruction. Uh, really, like, like torture. You think of like raiding ships, you think of like a pirate movie and they're swinging across from one ship to the other and swashbuckling oh, yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. This just An Errol shows Flynn feature. So, so viscerally how, yeah. how devastating it is and how disgusting it really is. Um, we get a little bit of a different story. I reminded myself from reading that the crab feeder in Fire and Blood simply staked down the people that he captured to drown in the oncoming tide, right? Yeah. It is drowned. Yeah. HBO does HBO things, however, and added. Yeah. Down. Let's yeah, have yeah. They, they kind of had a whole. Crabs. <laughs> yeah, they kind of had a whole beachfront and uh, extended landscape of mm -hmm. tortured people being feasted on by crabs. Yeah, they, they really kind of leaned into that a little bit. And we'll, we'll get it more into the crab feeder later, I guess, and what right. expectations were and what happened. But uh, yeah, an interesting opening scene. I mean, I mean, I think we have to look at this scene and realize that the point 
was to show us that Damon and Corliss are ineffective in this campaign. It looks it looks like they're winning. Yeah, and you have that dragon me, come in. Got the dragon come in. He's blowing shit up. He's lighting everything on fire. He kills one of his own men, of course, which is maybe part of the message. Um, it's absolutely but, part of the message. <laughs> but but if you're really looking at it, it doesn't look like it's doing that much damage, mm-hmm. right? And it's filmed in a way that makes you question whether they're really being very effective. You have Damon on the dragon back screaming, "Come out!" Come face me, crab feeder, Drahar. Like, I'm not right? gonna do it. Yeah. Nope, I'm not not gonna do it. Hard and pass. you're right. Uh, in Fire and Blood, it it implies maybe that these are just people that kind of won in the naval battles. That that it's not really a land war too much. It's more of a naval battle, and they've kind of it feels like they've switched that up a little bit here. Yeah, definitely. Um... He's definitely, they, they show us early on that, how brave is that sailor, by the way? He's standing up to the crab feeder as his hand is up against the post and being nailed yeah. in and he's cursing him out and everything. He's so happy to see Damon. My salvation is here. And you know, someone on Twitter said, who said there's not comedy in House of the Dragon? Because <laughs> it doesn't get much funnier than that. But um it shows us again, they're ineffective, like you said, but also what Damon's in it for. He's in it for himself. Uh, show a quote from Fire and Blood In Damon Targaryen, Corlys Valerian found a willing partner, eager for the gold and glory that victory and war would bring him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show adds in another little wrinkle of he wants validation and being noticed by his brother as well, but maybe that's part of the glory. I mean, I think that's just part of Damon's personality in general. He always wants that, right? Everything he does is part of this kind of involved in that. And the show really highlights that. It does. It does. And it does a good job of that. And Matt Smith himself does a fantastic job with that. I think Uh, as we'll see, as we'll see toward the end of the episode, does, does the, does, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but does the military explanation make sense to you? Mm. Which part? Well, so, well, so to me, if you can simply fly a dragon down, down there and clear the beach of any adversaries and they all go retreat into the caves, you then land your ships, set up fortifications on the beach with your dragons protecting them and keeping them in the caves and you starve them out and mm. you never let them get food and you win the war. So this seems like it's working to me and the show has just kind of skipped over the fact that that would work that that could work i wonder if the networks of caves lead up to the mountaintops where they shoot arrows down yeah um and that's how those guys get up there maybe Uh, because that could make things a little more difficult but it seems like if you could take the beach you could maybe send guys from the outside up onto those outcroppings i don't know and post guys even more simply like you don't even need to take the beach just surround the island with your ships Patrol the island with your dragons and starve them out. Right. I mean, I guess they could eat crabs for a while. Crabs, okay. But eventually, I feel like they'd win. Anyway, it, it's a... Uh, Every once in a while, the... There's the storytelling. It's fine. You know, the, the dragons go up to the cave mouth and just like farmer blow into there and just... Yeah. See how far in they can get. I mean, Caraxi's neck will reach all the way back through most of those caves. So mm-hmm. That's true. Anyway. Uh, Damon Targaryen's word count of this episode is about 25, give or take a word or two. So just want to point that out. Small spoilers for the 
small spoilers for the end of the episode, uh, all of those lines occur right here in this scene. He doesn't say anything at the end, does he? There's not a single line after from him uh, in this episode other than him. And it's just monologue, basically, because he's just yelling for Crab Feeder to talk. There's no dialogue, him talking back and forth with someone. Just him saying, come out, all you friggin' da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. He doesn't say anything after this scene. Not a single word. Not a That's word. Amazing. I didn't notice that. But I, I, thinking through it, yeah, I can, I can see that it's true, but I didn't notice that. It's amazing. Crazy, good, huh? Good observation. Anything else for this section, or you want to move on to the second scene here? Just pointing out a possible like emotional, physical connection between Dragon and Ryder. We saw that here. Oh, yeah. It was when Damon actually took the arrow uh into his armor it didn't wound him too badly because of the armor but caraxes roars at that point yeah and that's when they kind of retreat um points to i don't know if it's if it's a straight up one for one physical connection or something but there's definitely some sort of mind melding going on i think something for sure i questioned in the last episode whether caraxes would have been able to just kind of like creep up over the mountain and intimidate based on Damon's feelings or what and I was yeah. like, ah, I don't, I don't feel like we have a lot of evidence of that in the books that they can just feel that enough. But it seems like they're kind of establishing that here. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we go to our next scene, which is very different from this one? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. We're at a feast. Fire and Blood says Viserys was a man of peace, and during his years, King's Landing was an endless round of feasts, balls, and tourneys. And we certainly see this here. At uh, Aegon the Second's little birthday party, hey, do for sure. In fact, uh, Tyland Lannister at the nearly the very beginning of the scene tries to interrupt the feast, and Viserys, very much in character from Fire and Blood, says, "Ah, the, the stepsons have been going on for three years. This can wait three more days." Right? Gives him that little Viserys smile. God, come on, hey, hey, we're having a party here. Hey, <laughs> you know, like let loose a little bit. Have a drink. Calm down. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this is an interesting scene, though. Um, Otto's being pushed on by his brother to try to push Aegon as the new heir, I guess. Um, Tyland, of course, we just mentioned, will not let up on the Stepstones, trying to impress upon Aegon, or sorry, upon Viserys. The importance of this campaign and Viserys is not in the mood to hear it. I'm interested about this because Viserys seems mostly concerned about celebrating his son, mm-hmm. making sure he's ready to go do this hunt. And then the most interesting part, wondering where Rhaenyra is. Is Kristen Cole covering for her? He says he can't be sure where she is. Yet he's her protector. He's supposed to be, but Mm -hmm. yet he can't be sure where she is. I think he definitely is. Covering for her. Yeah. Yeah, He knows exactly where she is. I kind of think so too. It's interesting. It's indicative of a friendship, a level of respect between the two of them that he's willing to lie to his commander, essentially. Uh, the king about her or about her whereabouts it's it's interesting it, it yeah. says something about his level of commitment to Rhaenyra mm-hmm. and Viserys for that matter 
<laughs> and of Viserys. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. More on that later as we see them get some time alone. Yeah. Um, Kristen and Rhaenyra. Do you have uh, more on this scene here? I did. I did find it interesting that what you mentioned, Otto answering to his big brother. It's like almost like this yeah. big chain. We find that Otto maybe isn't quite alone or at the top of his scheming food chain, but there's actually a bigger fish, which is Hobart Hightower, yeah. which who there is a character named Hobart Hightower in Fire and Blood, but he's a very different character. He's not Otto's big brother. Um, as far as we know, Otto doesn't have a big brother in Fire and Blood. We know he's not the Lord of Hightower. Correct. The Lord of Hightower in Fire and Blood is never named, mm-hmm. I don't think. Uh, there's a Hobart Hightower. You're right. It's uh, he's like a it's like a cousin or like yeah, he's way down the line. Yeah. So it's interesting mm-hmm. what they've done here. They just picked a name or decided they'll elevate this guy. It's a little weird, but I'm not sure it matters too much, really. But it it does, you know, in in Fire and Blood, you get the sense that Hobart or sorry that Otto is kind of in control here, and in House of the Dragon, you get the sense that maybe he's getting his orders from somewhere else. Yeah. He's actually, there's some pressure coming to him from up higher and he in turn pressures his daughter and it's just the whole thing. Which is funny also just performance wise, because Risa fans has done, I think an exceptional job with Otto Hightower. Uh, Like we haven't really talked about it, but like he's been outstanding, subtly dominant, uh, controlling almost every move with, size just the, and down notes and just yeah puppeteering puppet you knew what i was doing you knew i was puppeteering I, well yeah i mean you're doing the motion on the camera matt i can see you oh i didn't know if it would be that? recognized as me just like <laughs> flailing my hand about <laughs> I, I, you're right i got it uh so it, it's it's interesting because he's so good at this and having him be told by somebody who appears much less effective you know, uh, is a little weird. I didn't love it him, is weird. to be honest. L- right. I didn't I didn't love him being controlled by someone else. Yeah, we'll have to see where that leads to. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because I was like, I don't love this, but I'm willing to wait and see what happens. Um, so. I, my hope is that Hobart retires to the high tower very quickly and we don't see him anymore. It just, nothing happens. That's my main hope. But, he just goes away. I mean, that guy sucked. <laughs> if this were Game of Thrones where they just let plot threads lie then maybe that would happen but this feels a little different so i don't know what you're talking about three three seasons i felt like all the plot lines were pretty tied up in game of thrones uh you mentioned those that don't know i didn't watch game of thrones past season three keep going not an episode i'm not one um you mentioned tyland lannister Uh, we don't get conclusive proof as to the rift between house valarion and house targaryen uh but the fact that he is named the master of ships yes. tells us something that um, there right. is a rift. Corliss so, is no longer on the small council. Corliss and... is busy. You could read it just that Corliss is busy. But probably it's more than that, right? right. Like he's busy and there's a rift and we need to hire someone else. Yeah. Yep. So bring in another rich family. Um, it's the best way. Should we go to the weirwood tree? Let's do it. Lovely setting, by the way. It's beautiful. It's interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always interested when these southern families choose to set scenes. Under yeah. What does trees. that mean? Yeah. Because I, I feel yeah. like in in the books, there. I, I think 
in modern King's Landing, there is no weirwood tree. Um, and right. so there was one maybe historically, and they're using it here. Wait, isn't that where Sansa is? Well, she goes to the God's Wood, but I think there's right. no weirwood tree. Weirwood in it? Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's pines and, and other things, right? But I, I might be wrong about that, but I, I think I'm right. Um, but yeah, it's it's a nice setting. And it, it ties back to the other series and keeping show watchers engaged. I get it. It makes sense. Uh, Allison is very pregnant. Quite. Extremely pregnant. So we have Aegon, right? Uh, baby number one. We have baby number two on the way, which is maybe Helena? Mm-hmm. Maybe Aemond? Mm-hmm. We don't know what's in there. What direction they go. Yeah. yeah it should be Helena. I think in uh, Fire and Blood, Helena is the next correct. in line. So. I don't feel like that's a huge spoiler. There's a baby in there of some sex, of some gender. Um, how, did, how? What did you think of the power struggle with the musician? Did you like that? or I liked how subtle it was. I liked okay. how subtle it was. Because that's one thing you, you wonder is like, are they still friends? Like, Did this? Yeah. Did their little relationship continue? And here you get very viscerally show don't tell that no, they are not. And... I actually loved that. I loved the line of Rhaenyra's of, does the king command it? Yeah, but then fine. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. It paints a very stark line. So we're, we're, we haven't said, I don't think we're now uh, almost three years ahead. I think yeah, we jumped three years episode. And this line that the one that you just gave is his command paints a very stark picture of this has changed. They were friends before. The last time we saw them in the same room, Allison was being announced as the future wife of Rhaenyra's father. And now they are apart. And, and it's, I want this conversation to be as short as possible. Yeah. They used to spend time in the Godswood together. They did. Yeah. Rhaenyra at least wants this to be as short as possible. I think we get evidence that, that Allison is. Yeah. She doesn't she's want like, it to it be. It doesn't this have to. She says that it doesn't have to be this. What? And then she's yeah. like, we're done. "Yeah, we have to remember that Allison has gained a lot here. She's gained. You can argue whether she wanted it or not, but a she gained a ton. husband. What's that? A whole ton. Yeah, you can argue that a lot, and, and I get it. I, I, I am of the opinion that actually, like, she found somewhat of a partner in Viserys that, oh, we'll that talk they about get that. along. We'll talk about that later for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, and I know a lot of people really disagree with that. And, and the way it happens is terrible. I get that. Of course, I'm not arguing that. The way it comes to pass is really, really, really bad. But I think she actually finds a bit of a soulmate in Viserys. Uh, and she's got a child and she's got a family and she's got a line to power and she gets a lot out of this. But also she did lose her best friend. And Every, you'll see, we'll come back to it. Everything in this episode to me from Alicent is, at least in Rhaenyra's direction, is meant to be appeasement. I want you back. I want to keep you in my life. I want to have you. Can we please make this work in some way? She's trying to appease Rhaenyra, like almost at every turn. Yep. It doesn't have to be this way, like you said, Matt. Yep. And part of it is out of guilt, certainly. Sure. Um, Rainier's outfit. I hope she wears that again. I just thought it was the coolest looking outfit in the whole wide world. Loved it. I don't, I listen, you don't want me to talk no. about costuming, but I feel like they haven't made a wrong step one time 
with her Rhaenyra's outfits. She looks amazing the whole show. Usually I don't really notice me neither that much. No, but, but she looks amazing always. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I love this. She looks fierce, but also still feminine and um but jumping some of those norms too of like she's yeah. in pants it's like pants rather than mm-hmm. a full on gown. It's some of them beautiful. some of those uh, top seem almost armored. Yeah, that's what right? I mean. Is it's like yeah, yeah and yeah. dragony and stuff. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, then we get to them traveling in. Yeah, the family the awkward, station awkward wagon family scene, right? To the hunt to yeah. the Kingswood, right? Yeah. So, the, so it's an awkward scene, but also there's some important stuff going on here. Right? Absolutely. Yep. First of all, just a, a very minor thing. I love to look back at the city from the road. You can see King's Landing in the background. Puts into context how far away it is. Yeah. How far away it is. It just looks, I don't know, it just looks good. I like it. Uh, Viserys in this scene, I feel like he's, it's definitely on his terms, okay? But he's trying, he's trying to reach out to Rhaenyra and make a connection and say, look, these events are important to like the perception the realm has of you. So you should come out and ride with me. Right. But he doesn't do a good job of explaining why or that's his big issue is the why. Yes. It's exactly. always his issue. Like, you should come riding with me. She's like, no one's here for me, for me. And he, he should say, it doesn't matter who they're here for. You need to show them who you are. You're the heir. I'm giving you, what does he say to her? I, you don't perform the responsibilities that I give you. Yeah. Yeah. And which doesn't take any, all the accountability away from him either. This, but yes, for sure. And this is something we'll get to later in the, in the later scene with, with uh, Viserys and Ray and era, but uh, it, it's, it's about being present and cementing her place in the realm and being seen and being noticed and visible right and she's just been you get the sense we haven't seen it but you get the sense in the last three years he said uh later he says you've been very much alone and angry mm-hmm. she's been receding from the public eye instead of being present right yeah and if you're gonna rule you gotta be present right they need right. to see you you know? Yeah, she kind of even in the next scene, she's kind of wandering aimlessly at the party, right? Yeah. At the feast. Yeah. She's and she has to and, be called in by the ladies. Maybe, right. maybe the princess beyond the drapes can come in and give us information. And and certainly there could be some issues with Viserys again explaining the details, like yeah. here, stand with me for a minute. I'm gonna show you how it's done, yes. rather than just be like, you need to do that, or giving her totally responsibilities that are completely beneath her. But he always gets so close and it's like, come on, Viserys, you're almost mm-hmm. there. Like I do like that he invites her out. And the impression I got from him inviting her to come on the hunt was kind of almost like there was a little bit of yes, you need to be seen to be the heir, but also like this is an opportunity for us to spend time together. Like, come out with me. Come, yeah, right. Out he never says that, but he doesn't. Yeah, and, <laughs> like, so it's like he gets say that. So, I'm like so close. I'm with you. Yeah, like come on, man. Just and then he's like, over. 
He's like, trying to start a conversation with her, which is yeah. great. But what is the conversation that he starts? Pretty soon you're going to give me grandchildren, Rhaenyra. And it's yeah. like, oh, dude, like, you know that conversation is not going to go well. You I, know that conversation's <laughs> not going to go well. I you're going to bring up her having kids? <sighs> I, I hope the people listening know that Matt and I have kids and our dads. And so... <laughs> When we look at someone struggling so much to relate to their kids, it's agonizing for us. I am not going to say I'm the best at it. Partly sure. because we've been there. Yeah. 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 I've struggled it's a, a lot constant, with this. It's a constant. Sure. You're having yeah. to adjust to them growing up. And... But some of the things he does are so obviously wrong as a parent that it's it's painful to watch. And the way he tries to relate to her, just say, I'd like to hang out with you. Mm-hmm. I'd like to bond with you. I'd like I'd to really show like you what, it if we could what it's like to, to rule yeah. and, you know, mm-hmm. teach you some things. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We agree. We agree. <laughs> D'accord. Should we uh, uh, jump to this little party thing that we've already... Yeah, let's jump to the party. A little feast. Yeah. Yes, let's do it. Uh, first of all, fun casting choice that Jason and Tyland, they're twins in Fire and Blood, and it's actually played by the same actor. Yes, and I don't know if it's true or not. But he's in Game of Thrones. But I heard he's Sir Hugh of the Vale in Game of Thrones. Is he totally cool? is. Yeah, it's amazing. Different her. Don't care. That's amazing. That's <laughs> uh, regardless, though, as great as the actor is, uh, Jason Lannister is fucking skeevy. Oh, gross! Right. It seems like Viserys even knows it. Like he sees him watching. And he kind of looks at him like he's, he's like. like I know this would be a good match, but this guy's yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like he knows that he's bad. Yeah. I think he and does. The next thing we get in the scene is is uh Laris. Laris Strong, the club foot, as he's known in Fire and Blood. I don't think that's a huge spoiler. Uh, and you see him walking in, the camera zooms in on his bad foot, and he takes a seat look at my injury can i join you like hey hey ladies i would fit in better here uh and he just sits there and eats his cookie subtly really kind of like sexily too if there's one senior's like all right all right (laughs) matt's 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 telling us what his preferences are that's fine um but maybe you know this could be a nod to his future role Mm -hmm. could be could be so they're gossiping. So, so basically there's this uh, gaggle of women, uh, Lady Redwine, Lady Lannister, Lady Hightower, I think is in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Several, several high power women just kind of gossiping a little bit about what's going on. They talk about the Black Swan, which is something that Fire and Blood readers know. It was uh, a lady of House Swan that got captured. And- Joanna. which we brought up last episode (laughs) we did i think yeah that's right and uh it's a little interesting they're kind of they they all seem very against the war on the stepstones this is hurting the realm is kind of their message right and yeah and they're against viserys not being involved in ending it yeah uh which is done which is interesting that they're at a feast. Viserys is in the room and they feel comfortable enough to, to talk about that of things that he should be doing better. 
um, yeah. which is good. That's not an awful thing, uh, but it, it's indicative of the type of king Viserys is. I mean, they want to get caught. They're telling the king's daughter directly. Mm -hmm. He should be ending this, mm -hmm. right? So no hiding it. There's no yeah. They're they are. It's not treason necessarily, but it's like very much. Hey, tell your daddy sucks, and that you should fix this. Yep. Right. There's other kings out there that wouldn't take too kindly to that. Robert Baratheon probably wouldn't love that. I don't think any, any king would like it, but th there was one, I think it was Lady Redwine, that is saying, like, the Stepstones is, that's a that's a failed objective. Like, you're never going to hold them. Correct. Yes. It's you a stupid just get war out to begin it. with. Yeah. yeah. It's a stupid war to begin with. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's interesting because Lady Hightower feels like she's saying, you know, no, no, we need to go fix this. And Lady Redwine is not on the same page. And they're the the red wines live on some islands that are just kind of directly south west i think yeah of of okay. house high towers lands uh, on some islands and uh them not being in sync is interesting to me at least maybe it means mm -hmm. nothing but... yep it is interesting uh and then we also get proof very important point that pugs exist in westeros <laughs> um, very important point yeah, uh, that pug eats a nice cookie. Uh, I'm jealous. I want a cookie. Yeah, I, I was hungry for cookies. Yeah. Um, and, and then we get maybe the most important part of this uh, section. Rhaenyra kind of stomps off, like annoyed at, at the gossip. And she is set upon, is how I will put it, because it feels almost like an ambush, <laughs> right? By new villain. Jason Lannister, who, man, this guy, I got some things to say, but I, I'm interested in your opinion first, Matt. Well, how creepy is he, right? You know, it's interesting that I noticed on my watch, I was able to get in one more watch today, a third watch, and I noticed it. Cool. You know what they show right before this scene? It's like the transition scene between the feast and this. It's, it's two seconds. And it's, no. a, pe it's a peacock, Scad. Oh. which is exactly Peacocking. what yeah. Jason Lannister does. It's a totally. peacock and then it's Jason Lannister. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was almost like, not like into him, but she was mildly amused with him when he was just talking to her at first. Like she kind of had this like amused look in her eye, like, okay, like, let's give this thing a shot. Like, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if you can hold your own in a convo with me. But it's when the peacocking started that she was like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to go into that a little bit. So I feel like uh, Viserys says later in the episode, you've been angry and alone. I don't think she's been super visible. He also mentions later in the episode that he's gotten mountains of letters proposing marriage and that he's tried to talk to her and she just kind of put it off and never talks to him back, right? Like won't even entertain the idea, right? But I don't think she's ever been in this situation. Like, she's getting hit on, Matt. Hard. Like, she doesn't, she doesn't know what that feels She has no idea what this feels like. It's the first time, and she's like, oh, that's what's happening. Right? It <laughs> takes her most of the conversation to figure it out. And this guy, Jason, is the worst. So I'm not sure I've ever hated someone more on TV. 
and, and like it's not like he murders someone or like does something absolutely terrible to another human being to affect their development necessarily but like when you're a person that in the first couple minutes of meeting someone all you can do is brag about yourself and where you come from and what you are and run everything else straight into the ground that's toxic oh well the best hunting grounds actually are castle rock i'm surprised you didn't know that and no uh castle rock is the tallest thing around and also uh probably so is my member and uh you know and also turn around so i can check you out from behind yeah and, and look just yeah look I you mean, up and down yeah. this dude is the worst if if you're ever in a conversation with someone that has to run everything else down to make themselves look better it's a problem get out of that conversation yeah this guy is not impressed problem not impressed yeah and he's trying to convince her that he's someone to give up the realm for uh, because I, your life is going to be so good. Um, that's, inter- that's an interesting way you put that. But 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 at the same time, he does not come off as being like a guy who's kind of desperate and and like really sincerely being like, if you're with me, you'll, you're, you're going to be happy. It's no, this is the way he always treats women. It's he, probably the way he treats men too. Uh, he's just a yeah. jerk all the way around. I think he thinks he's better than she is. Oh, absolutely. I think he actually legitimately believes that. Yeah. And uh, hmm. yeah, we'll 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 come we'll come back to that in the next scene with, that has Jason in it. But right, uh, I think his opinion is that she doesn't have to give up the realm for him she's already lost the realm sure sure and you're right yeah we'll come back to that but yeah it's not it, true. it absolutely is you're right it's not it true but it's, it's his opinion it's where he thinks she is and mm-hmm. and and might be a small part he'd overplay it anyway but a small part of why he's overplaying this anime. yeah and he's trying to show her but the life you'd have with me is better would be great yeah better yeah. better than king's landing that's right. stinky yeah. Castle Rock is tall and amazing. You want a dragon pit? I'll build you a dragon pit. No big deal. Yeah. F this mm. guy. Yeah. So <laughs> Rhaenyra, being Rhaenyra, doesn't she doesn't sit on this. Round one. She goes fight. Yeah. Finish him. She goes <laughs> immediately to Viserys to challenge him on this matter. Like, what are you doing? Why did you just sick this dude on me? And my first response to this whole thing is like, there are people here. Like, this go somewhere else to have this conversation. My note here, Scat, is take her to the back room or something, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, this is walk. not the place for this. We, <laughs> you can't do this here. Yeah. You don't, yep. Oh my gosh. I think he might have been a couple deep by then, but yeah. 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 At least two. But uh, okay. So, let's just state it like Viserys is wrong if if he is sicked Jason Lannister on his daughter that's wrong I'm not sure he did that it I'm not like sure either he did I'm not uh, sure but, either well, I'm not sure but he, but he he knows it's happening he says he would be a good match like he knows it's it's something that's coming 
Yeah. So he's at least gotten one of those pieces I of can, parchment. He's at least that's at least one I've of been the like, ones that he this start. this could be a good match. Let me see what happens. You know, yeah. kind of thing. Right. Right. But but again, as parents, Matt, you don't do that to your kid. You tell your kid, you say, hey, this person's gonna come talk to you. They're interested in you. I'd like you to just talk to them and see what you think. Yeah. Right. And think? then and then, you know. I feel like Viserys, he's at a place now where he's trying to move Rhaenyra without talking to her. And that's always a mistake. Because that's hard. It is Viserys hard. Viserys doesn't like to do hard things. As, but as a criticism of the show, I will say, by skipping three years, it's very convenient for them to just do this. He can just say, like, oh, yeah, well, it's your time. Well, if we'd have seen those three years we would have seen the conversation start where Viserys is like, oh, well, this is coming. You know this is coming. You should be ready for it. And by skipping three years, they can just kind of like make it a surprise. Right. And it's weak, it's, it's weak storytelling, to be honest. I, I didn't love it. Hmm. Uh, it's certainly a decision. It's certainly a decision. It's like, well, what kind of story can they tell during those three years other than that? And there's probably some things they could tell. But uh, I think I guess- it was a decision. It was a decision. I, what, what I mean by weak storytelling is they just tell us Viserys didn't talk to her for three years about this. And that seems uh, based on what I think about Viserys, it seems inaccurate. I don't think he's willfully negligent. I think he's just bad at this. Yeah. Um the carriage scene is is we'll go back to that for me it's it's like he talks around subjects which i see yeah. a lot of people do including parents and i've probably done it before too of bringing up the fact that he wants grandkids one day Jeez. but not outright stating you need to get married you know yep. what i mean yep. like yep and yep. i feel like i can see a lot of that happening over the three years yeah yeah no you're right like beating around the bush instead of just taking it head on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that. And explaining we'll get... the why, like we said, <laughs> which explain he does the, later in the episode. the why. Three yes. years later. Three years too late. Yeah. Yep. And that's the problem. And that's the problem. That's why I'm saying it's lazy storytelling, but they have to cut corners somewhere, I guess. But um, so Otto steps in and he's like, hey, my dude, there's a, a heart. Uh, a white heart just don't have this conversation now and also really good interruption point there's um there's a very real metaphor in the woods that we can talk about right yeah yeah a regal portent for prince Aegon's name day he yeah. says yeah. um which really isn't as we'll see and this will become the major maybe the major theme of the episode yeah this isn't really exactly what Viserys wants to hear i mean maybe yeah. it kind of is but it kind of isn't because it makes him question his own decision to name yeah. Rhaenyra heir. And did I move too quickly in doing this? And it's going to be a problem for him the rest of the episode. Yeah, we'll come back to this, but Viserys is not good at making choices and being certain about them and moving on. Sure. He's just not. Mm-hmm. And, th- and again, we'll come back to it, but this is a decision to name Rhaenyra heir that he made and moved on. And he thought it was the right thing, and he's just moved on and put it behind him. And now, with the birth of his child, of of his first male child, 
And with all these political conversations and with this portent from the gods of a white heart, now all of a sudden he's like, Ooh, oh crap, what did I do? Did I, is this, did I make a mistake? This is one of the ones that I thought was good. Mm-hmm. I thought I made a good decision here, right? And we'll come back to it. It's totally crazy. But anyway, Otto is amazing at def- diffusing this situation. Be like, hey, there's something important going on. Let's go check this out, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Rhaenyra takes off. Yeah, she knows, right? Viserys is confused. Oh, I don't know what this means. Rhaenyra is like, oh my god, screw this. Oh, the I'm gods out. are saying that my brother is blah blah blah. So she I'm takes out. off. Yep, I'm out. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Kristen Cole goes after her, and here's another little tiny little sign of of their friendship he finally catches up to her they stop and the first thing he says he says nothing with your grace or my lady or wherever my princess he just says what happened back there oh that's interesting (laughs) and that to me is very indicative of like you said a deeper friendship this this closeness that they already have it's yeah. uh there's other points in this whole sequence of them being together where he is calling her my princess and is yes. I need to formally ask that we go back to but in that moment it's just like you know what's going on you no, you're right kill, you want me to kill this guy <laughs> which was it's a, a joke, very reactive but... moment yeah you're mm-hmm. right yeah you're right in in those moments where you don't get to think about what you're going to say you say what's natural and what's natural to them apparently is some level of familiarity right right and it's it's, nice. it's kind of sweet, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they got a nice little relationship right now. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're right. So, so I questioned the I questioned his method of grabbing the horse and stopping it because it seemed really dangerous. He just grabs it and it's like <laughs> the horse just stopped. Like it seemed bad. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not a horseman, but it, it didn't look like the best way to stop a horse. Um, but also it did look like it was about to run into a lake. So that's also not good. Um, so Rhaenyra declines going back. She kind of says, let's, let's walk. Let's, uh, let's enjoy the godswood. She kind of wants to just, maybe she just doesn't want to go back. But also maybe yeah, she just part of that. Us, wants to spend some time with Kristen. Yep. It's like, if you listen to him talk too, his voice even has like this kind of like sultry soothing. quality to it. Yeah. Oh, sultry. Okay. I was going with soothing. The soothing is good too. It's I'd calming. Hard, it's... I'd hardly call that toothless princess. Like okay. the way that he kind of says is it's. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of if... intoxicating a little bit. Then he's got the hair and oh my goodness. Yeah. His tone is very calming and very yeah. slow. And uh, the books call it a, a Dornish drawl, right? Okay. They bring up a Dornish, a Dornish drawl a lot, and this okay. kind of maybe lends some. Yeah, I mean, he also that. You know, they they say that sometimes the wise don't speak a lot, but when they do speak, you know, you listen. He seems wise with it, the way he puts his words. You know, like hey. A lot of people would change places with you. And he says, you're not toothless. You made my whole life. And my whole family. Yeah. You know, he, you put, you put house coal on the map. 
he seems pretty wise mm-hmm. in this scene, right? Yep. Yep, he does. A good kind of counselor to her. So they're walking through the Kingswood. In the meantime, Viserys the, the gets... quote-unquote hunt going on. The hunt. The hunt is going on. It's hilarious. In which a lot of people are hunting while Viserys drinks. <laughs> yep. And gives him reports. But he does write out to feel some shit in his hand. He took <laughs> off his glove to feel the shit. And he puts it in his hand and he's like... Mm, it's fresh. Mm, it's like, fresh. He, like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, if you fill poop and it's still squishy, it's fresh. Like, <laughs> and our good friend earlier this week, our good friend Eliana Arithmetric uh, of the Girls Gone Gone Canon podcast said, "Hey, if you don't want like gaping, terrible wounds on your hands, I'm paraphrasing. But if you don't want gaping, terrible wounds on your hands, maybe don't handle shit in them. <laughs> like, you know? Yep." Yeah, and and I I am like, don't we have don't you have people that can do that and tell you whether it's fresh? You don't yeah. need to do this, man. It's a show. It's a little thing that he can do to make it look like he's participating in this hunt. Okay, I'll buy that. It's, That's a good explanation. It's it's ridiculous though. It's like, of course the poop is fresh. Like, I mean, Matt, I, listen, we don't live in this world, but have you ever voluntarily touched poop with your bare hands? No, no, I've not. Me neither. Nope. Not can't can't say voluntarily. Can't say I have. So good on Viserys for getting down in there at that point. And oh, you're turning it into a compliment. Picking up a a dump, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Well, also the other guy, I think he was a Lannister. He carries the poop for like two leagues himself in his gloved hand. So (laughs) he's just like good on him. Uh, It happened happened two leagues two leagues away. But I've been carrying it for you. Damn, it's like a little Hershey's candies. Just pops one in every once in a while. Um, that that hunt master. There's a, a little scene where it's where they're talking together about the mm-hmm. White Heart, and it's Viserys, yeah. and it's Otto, and it's this hunt master. And when the hunt master is talking about how important the White Heart is, and how they're gonna get him this time, and everything, you see Otto give him a little like attaboy look. Did you notice that? Like. Yeah. yeah, he kind of looks at him like, mm-hmm. thank you. Good job. Good job. Good job. My theory, they never found a white heart to begin with. Uh, this is all just to keep Viserys focused on Aegon and how important Aegon is. And this guy, he was with the Lannisters, this hunt master. When they rode in, when the king rode into town, it showed Tylan, Jason, their mom, and this hunt master together clapping, wearing matching uh-huh. red. So yeah. he is a Lannister. The Lannisters want Aegon on the throne too because they want Rhaenyra to marry Jason. So um, mm. I, I think there's a little bit of collusion there. There could be. I saw things online this week that were saying that uh, not that there is no White Heart, but that they placed a White Heart in the mm. Kingswood to be found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That Otto actually wanted the portent and put one there to be mm-hmm. found, and said, "Look, there is one." Okay, okay. I don't. I'm not sure I buy it, but I, okay. I did see that discourse going on on the twitters. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're on we're on twitters all the mm-hmm. time at Davos Fingers. Come yeah. find us if you don't follow us already. Um, but I find that idea interesting that they're colluding and trying to make this work. We'll get back to it when they. When they find a stag, uh, some of the things that I noticed as well that Otto does. Ah, nice. Which cool. uh, I think might relate a little bit. Uh, he's definitely 
Otto is definitely interested in this portent. Let's put it this way. He pushes it. He notes it. He wants it to be important to Viserys. And he wants that because Prince Aegon II is his, his grandson. grandson. Yep. Right? So uh, keep that in mind as we move forward. Anything and else before we move to drunk Viserys? No, we get Viserys in his cups. This guy's just pounding him. He's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing we see in this scene is that he's looking at his son up probably way too late, to be honest. But, <laughs> but just like playing with his keepers. Uh, and he smiles when he looks at him. He's proud of him. Yeah. He loves his son. Proud or just happy or, oh. you know, whatever. Yeah. He's, he's glad to be watching him. But also there's a little look of like uncertainty like what do i do about this yeah i think that's why he's been drinking so much yes this weighs heavily on him Mm -hmm. so then jason lannister as if to force the issue we're talking about comes right up and addresses it gives him a spear and says hey i want you to kill the white heart with this spear man and oh also by the way if you didn't know already i would like to wed your daughter yep as if you didn't know that Mm mm-hmm Here, here's what. Go ahead. Go, no, please finish. No, you please. <clears throat> you want me to go? Okay. Never one to not talk. I will continue. Uh, <laughs> here's what's interesting about this to me: in Fire and Blood, we get a lot of. Viserys never backed off about Rhaenyra being his heir. Viserys continued to defy people that said Rainier wasn't his heir. We never get quotes. We never get words. We never get speeches. We never get details. We never get anything of any import that says Viserys really tried to do this. And one of the things I love about this scene is that Viserys hears that Jason Lannister (laughs) says he gives the Trump, the Trumpism, lots of people are saying I've heard a lot of people say some people think that you're going to overturn your ruling about Rainier being heir. Mm-hmm. And he's almost he's almost just astounded or stunned you that anyone would a... think this. Like, why would you think I would do that? I named her for a reason. What well, I've never said anything that would it makes perfect sense to him. Yeah. Like, why why would you think that I would change this right and it's interesting for a few reasons one of which is that Viserys is totally blind to history yeah but in this in Westeros men rule which you know that sucks we all know that sucks but that's the way it is but also it's interesting because he's so almost dumbly defiant about like, of course she's still my heir. Why would Aegon change anything? Yeah. It's almost cute. It's almost cute. Yeah. I feel like he and Rhaenyra are maybe the only people in the whole kingdom that really think she is going to be queen someday. That's a really good way to put it, Matt. (laughs) Like, you're right. 
and, that, and actually, really, that really think that. And actually, in these few days during and the maybe hunt, it's just him. <laughs> it's no, no, just her. Well, actually, neither of them. Yeah, because because he's down like, yet in these off. days. You're done. Yep. Yeah, and in, she's like, now I'm done. I'm done. She I just she gave up. She gave up last year. Yeah. She's like, oh well, yeah. you've had the son you wanted, so that's true. I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop. And mm-hmm. this these three days, he's like, I'm not even sure anymore. This fucking white heart shows up. Oh my god, maybe maybe he is the heir. He's mm-hmm. not even sure. So it's zero people believe it in the realm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, but I I do love that he digs into Jason Lannister. That feels good. It feels. Oh, good. it felt really good to, to felt listen great. to. Felt he's great. just like, why? You're fomenting rebellion? It's like, yeah. why, why can't we have this Viserys all the time? This guy's yeah. great. This Viserys yeah. rocks. Um, yeah. He tells Otto. Otto's the one who comes up to him next. And you can almost just see how annoyed Viserys is. Like, oh my gosh, here comes Otto again. Another dude coming to tell I him. I know Otto's. what this conversation. But he tells yeah. him, I just want her to be happy. And I believe that. I think he does want Rhaenyra to be happy. But again, he's not willing to put yeah. in that work. anyways yeah i think i don't know if he's unwilling or doesn't know how a bit of both but but either way he's not he doesn't have the greatest examples of parenting in westeros that's a a thing you know if you go back calisar and listen to our episodes on fire and blood where we cover the the reign of king jaharis we talk about how great a king he was uh but the fatherhood skills were lacking a bit lacking so this is uh part of that trend of targaryen dads maybe but um, yes yeah totally and and lionel in a little bit comes comes to that but i don't want to leave Otto just yet yeah uh Otto suggests <sighs> it's great for him i mean it's great for it's him. great for him good idea man if you're trying to sew up your house's future glory he suggests wedding or betrothing at least aegon baby aegon who just turned two to Rainier, who is likely now roughly 17, 17, yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly. It's a big gap. Look, Targaryens do this. There's no sugarcoating. Targaryens do this all the time. Targaryens wed cousins. They wed brothers and sisters. They do this all the time to keep the bloodline pure. They're not really super careful about the years between them. They, they really, they're not. It's but, more about the match, yep. But this is a big gap. And mm. and Patty Considine's acting, expressing his just total shock at this Bafflement. is wonderful. He's baffled by this. Like, yeah, I, I, totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> Definitely. Are you nuts? Um, uh, but Otto, you know, and, and so, so Aegon complains about the politicking, and Otto quickly retreats because he's you know yep. a good politician he's like oh let's just leave this for later you know yeah, yeah. right but yep. he's planted the seed mm-hmm. right which is always his goal yep plant a seed see what happens let it grow a little bit 100 then he gets approached king viserys by another man yeah this time lionel strong yeah, still drinking the whole time. Drinking, drinking, filling his own glass. Drinking at this point, yeah, he's not even having someone fill it for him. It makes a point to show him he's filling his own glass at this point. Yes, indeed, he's hammered at this point yeah. for sure. Yeah, and Lionel Strong 
is becoming someone who you can see is trusted by Viserys and maybe even liked a little more than maybe even Otto Hightower. Um, there's the scene at the beginning at the birthday party where he'd entrusted Lionel to get the, the baggage train ready. And Lionel's like, yep, I got it covered. We're all good to go, man. He yeah. approaches him here and he tells him a little joke. There's some comedy in it, talking about King Jaehaerys and his daughters. And then he asks if he can give his opinion on the matter to Viserys rather than just coming out and telling him. Do you want to hear my opinion on the matter? Yes. And he's like, well, kind okay. of. he kind of gives like tacit okay. And then he gives it and it comes off as unlike what Jason Lannister did, unlike what Otto Hightower did, the suggestion he gives on the surface is completely not self-serving at all. It has and nothing also, to do with how strong. And also consistent, right? Yeah. So one of the ways you can learn whether you can trust someone is if they're consistent. Yeah, right? that's true. He gave Lionel, the, Lionel gave the same, sorry, Lionel gave the same advice mm -hmm. when Viserys was looking who to marry. He said, marry Lena. That's the right choice. Yeah. She's 12 and it's gross, but you will unify these lines. She has good blood. You'll tie up your relationship with, with Valerion, with House Valerion, the most powerful house besides you. And that's the reason. And here I am again, three years later, giving you the same advice. I'm consistent, if nothing else. You should believe me. Of course, I would not like try to promote my own son in this case. Why would I do that? I'm flattered, but now. You flatter me, but no, I, I give good advice, right? Have you seen this guy? <laughs> uh, rich, blood, slights, healed, right? Those are the three reasons. And he also just throws in at the very end, uh, oh, by the way, if you follow my advice, we have to hope that Leonor survives the war. Yep, pushing pushing that involvement. So he's pushing, yeah, he's he pushing that, that agenda seed. too. That's it's so masterful, right? Yeah. I'm yep. just giving you good advice. The same advice I gave you before. You should see my consistency. Also, man, I hope Lanor lives. Man, that'd be great if he lived. Man. Yep. I, so love, I love what they've done with Lionel. The, the Strongs in general in this episode. I love what they've done with Yeah. Him. It's so... It's this slow burn. And yes. you find yourself liking the guy. You're like, I like this dude. And and even Viserys... Is, and obviously, he's he's like... 12 in by this point Viserys is yeah, but but he just his his attitude around Lionel seems so much more relaxed and less defensive and you can tell that there's really something that's being established there so you know what happens Matt when you get advice that's actually heartfelt and meaningful you you trust them and relax oh yourself oh my god that's you know how it brilliant works. brilliant why did I've never I think been a of part that? of any of those situations because no one trusts me, but uh... <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your fat face. <laughs> Look at your life. Look at your choices. <laughs> you took a roofie from a priest. <laughs> uh, uh, Sassy gay uh, friend on YouTube, guys. Look it up. That's uh, okay. So first, then we get a boar attack. Yeah. A nice little campfire uh, scene. We do. It's a it's a it's a little weird. It's a little abrupt. It's a little uh, violent. Yeah, Rhaenyra and Kristen are just hanging out by a campfire, talking about life. And Kristen makes one more plea to go back to the camp, and then they hear a noise. And well, I guess there is one little important bit before that. 
she does ask Kristen, will they ever accept me as queen? And his response is interesting. Interesting, Matt. Do you remember what it is? They'll have to. Yeah, they'll have no choice but to. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's true. I don't. I I think maybe he's telling her what she wants to hear, but they won't. They won't accept a female ruler. They've shown that in the past, and I, I don't think it's true, right? Yeah, it certainly isn't, especially in this realm that Viserys has established, where you can voice your misgivings if you have them sometimes. Um, yeah, the king's voice should be law, but also right. you can tell me what's wrong if you want, mm-hmm. and I'll listen. And sometimes I'll even listen, and sometimes I'll even change my mind. The Council no of One Hundred and One no sent. Think about it. The Council of One Hundred and One set a bit of a precedent, though, right? Sure. And I think Rhaenyra, and uh, I don't agree with the precedent, of course, but Kristen and Rhaenyra are kind of ignoring that precedent and saying, "I can be queen, right? I've been named queen." Well, a lot of the realms seem to have decided this before. Mm-hmm. As short-sighted and terrible as it is, they decided this. They might not agree. Like, it's a little positive thinking, I guess, is what I'll label. Yeah, yeah. He seems sincere when he says it. A part of me was like, if I saw that on paper, I would be like, he's just trying to tell her what she wants to hear because he's like, yes. yes, they'll have to. Can we please go back to camp now? But he sold it. The actor yeah. sold it. It was it was well done. Yeah, right. Yeah, which leads me to believe that he's also maybe that's a look into. Maybe some of the the style that Kristen Cole would espouse, where he in a, were in a position of leadership of like, if you're queen, you're going to be queen, and I'm going to make them accept you, type of yeah, thing. That's true. So. There is a, a bit from Fire and Blood. I don't think it happened in the show, um, but they say, uh, so Kristen Cole protects Rhaenyra. Who protects Rhaenyra from Kristen Cole? Kristen Cole. And this scene by the fireside had me thinking about that. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. one-on-one time. This is mental where manipulation. This, this is flirtation. This is uh, a place where he can make a mark if he wants to. Where could this go? Yeah. I want to spoil anything. Uh, then, of course, he's hit by a car. <laughs> and I guffawed. It was not a car, of course. It was a boar. It was a boar. You're like, ah. He erected him, dude. And oh, yeah. Took no right injuries. Out. Kristen recovers and kills the boar as it's savaging Rhaenyra, or stabs it once. He stabs it. Yeah. 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 And then disappears. He stabs it. We get a, a faraway shot of him stabbing it. And then the boar is still floundering around. And what does Rhaenyra do? She goes Arya Stark on that boar. Yeah. Very reminiscent. How of many, scene. how many, how many, how many? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Very cathartic for, for her. It was. Yeah. What do you think she was exercising there? Ooh, agency and mm. being able to actually choose. It's uh, super um, obvious how juxtaposed it is that while her father is out hunting in this very manufactured, given to you on a silver platter manner, which we're going to talk about in just a second, yes, we will. Um, she is out just like ferally 
destroying this animal right yeah. on her own in the exact opposite of the way that Viserys is hunting. Um, and it's kind of a grossly beautiful little scene, <laughs> blood spurting all over her and yeah, letting it all out. You get the feeling that Rhaenyra has been holding back for years this frustration and rage and right. consternation at her situation. And this is a chance for her to literally just let it all go. And the evidence is left on her face and her hair. Uh, and she doesn't wash it off and she leaves it there. Well, she washes her face, but it's still on her hair. Yep. Uh, I think that's intentional. I think she left it there on purpose. Might be. Uh, but I think it's it's certainly meant to mean something to us that she has mm -hmm. kind of exercised some of these demons that she's had over the last couple of years of being ignored, of being replaced, and that she's going to maybe confront them. I think right. it's meant to be a symbol, I think. But we'll see. Yep, it works. Also, just that whole scene was pretty intense. You know me. I don't watch a lot of really intense movies. But I feel like this scene that waited for the boar to come out like five seconds longer than yeah. most scenes like that, that I see. It's usually like a couple seconds. It's really scary. And then this one was like, it made you wait and it like panned the camera it around. Yeah. It took its time. It went from Kristen's face to Rhaenyra's face to the woods. And then seven seconds later, boar comes running out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. They did. They shot it really well. Yeah. It, it led to the tension. It, uh, it helped a lot the way they did it. Yeah. Um, in my reading, I'm going to call it reading, not research, because research denotes a lot more than just looking up something on Google. Uh, boars don't often attack humans unless they're feeling threatened. But those are earthly boars. Ah, these, yeah. We need to remember, people, these are Westerosi boars, Westerosi and they boars. might act completely different than earth boars they are used to people coming at them with spears so they yeah. are more aggressive they're used to being hunted yeah 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 so so we now get man maybe my favorite scene in the show allison and viserys by the fire viserys is drunk as a skunk totally hammered um if you read anything by basically almost any artist you know that they get their best ideas when they've been under the influence of <laughs> some sort of alcohol or drug that frees their mind to let them explore viserys here is in an interesting place he's questioning everything what mm -hmm. do you think matt for sure, uh, because he had this dream and he was very confident in the dream. He always wanted to be a dreamer, he says. Yeah. And that's such a great commentary on his personality. I wonder if that's why he didn't focus so much on his martial abilities, his, yep. you know, his ability to sword fight or something, because this or was how dragon. he was going to set himself apart as a Targaryen. He was going to yeah. be one of those visionary ones whose dreams are remembered throughout the years. Uh, right. like Aegon was. Um, well, yeah, the dream that only the kings know about. Um, but now all of that is being called into question and he just can't deal with it. 
It's just so much for him. Um, he's doubting the dream. Then he's doubting the fact that he doubted the dream. And now it's out of control. Yeah, it, it's a it's a fucking cycle, right? Yeah. Uh, so we know, based on this show, that uh, Diana had a dream to get out of Valeria. We know that Aegon had a dream, the Song of Ice and Fire. We know that we don't know. Well, we don't know from this show. We don't know from the books. But I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. It's canon material from other areas we know that there's Damon the dreamer uh around you know uh 210 uh the year 210 um we now get inserted that maybe in the middle there between Aegon and Damon that are uh Darren sorry Darren the dreamer sure we get maybe that there's been another dreamer in here Mm -hmm. that Viserys counts himself as a dreamer but but the interesting thing about this, and and it kind of characterizes Viserys' whole rule, is that he's not sure he's a dreamer. He doesn't have the confidence of his convictions to know that his dreams are actually real. He, in fact, put them to bed years ago because he never could have a son, and he thinks he killed his wife, and, you know, there's some legitimacy to that, but yep. he put that to bed because he put the idea that he's a dreamer to bed because it seemed like he wasn't he gave up on that but maybe Viserys is a dreamer yep could be and he's and, go ahead. yeah this lack of confidence is calls that into question for him and for us and maybe spoils that whole legacy that he could have had <laughs> what legacy though Matt like that legacy that he could have had is Aegon the Second, not Rhaenyra. Oh, show, oh, show. Yep. So would he have just been continuing as yet another cog in the wheel, perpetuating this Targaryen patriarchal line? Which, so I love that he went against the grain. I love me too. That he messed up. So me too. But this yeah. whole episode to me kind of hinges on this scene and the later one with the stag where he's questioning like did i make the right choice maybe my maybe my visions were real yep i got this stag here i had this vision that i believed in for a long time i gave up on it like i don't know the timeline for the show five years ago eight years ago i gave up on it and i named rainier the heir because i thought i'm not a dreamer but holy crap maybe i was and i did know what the future was what have i done what have I done by naming Rhaenyra? But I really still want her to be queen. I want her to be happy. I, you know, I made this choice. I want it to be so. I can't though. If all this is happening, oh no, what do I do? Well, and that's the problem. What do I do? He's not mm-hmm. a good decision maker, right? Yep. Sarah's is not good at like seeing the facts, making a choice and sticking to it. That's part of what is, I think, is what is bothering him so much about this is that this is one time where he made a decision. Where he made said, a decision. This yep. is garbage. I'm moving on. Rainier is the heir. This is the correct path. And now the heart and all this political advice and all these portents and signs and people telling me I should be doing something different is second-guessing something I made a decision about long ago that I knew was right. 
Yeah. So it's like, even when I do step up and make the hard decision, exactly. here I go again. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, like I said before, that's the whole theme of this episode. Um, hmm. Well, you mentioned the hunt. You want to get to it? Let's get to it. Yeah. It's so silly. So silly. It is and it isn't. It's this both. whole idea of a hunt. He has to ha- it's just so different from the scene we just saw with Rhaenyra killing this boar. Yeah. He has a stool brought to him to be able to get off his horse. He doesn't even have to get off his horse normally. Yep. They've got dogs. He's and 70 got- years old in this timeline now. Of course. Yeah. In the Fire and Blood timeline, he's like 31. 30 something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They've got 30, the maybe. stag held by what? Four different guys surrounded yeah. by hounds. One of which is Harwin Strong. You got break bones there. Um, he did zero hunting other than smelling the poop himself or feeling it in his hands and getting infected. Like Eliana said, they have to tell him exactly where to stab to kill it. And he misses once and he still misses, (laughs) but it's, it's become so much more than a hunt. It's become, uh, it's like a exercise An exercise. Yeah. It's, it's a chore. It's like a tradition, like, I don't know. But, okay, so, I didn't plan on bringing it out this way, but, like, if it had been the White Heart, right, that scene would have felt totally different. Mm. Right? This is the goal we've all been looking for for the last two days, and here it is, and, yes, it's manufactured, but... It's a king facing off against a king and you're conquering it and you've brought it low and it's a sign. It's important. But when it's just a regular stag, it's like it, it's just a manufactured kill with the spear you've been given and who cares? Yeah. There's no symbolism around it, right? Right. I, I almost wondered if he was slightly disappointed that it wasn't white. Because if it was the white stag, then he would just know. And he'd be like, okay, at least I know now. Yeah. Like, it really is supposed to be Aegon. I can tell Rhaenyra that it's the will of the seven. She'll still flip out, probably. But at least I know now. Yes. But this, so- this doesn't make his situation any better. And you can see it written all over his face. It does and it doesn't, I think. So my note says, okay, all that doubt from Viserys at the fire the night previous... And the whole night when he's drinking and talking to people about, you know, the hierarchy and who the heir is and everything. It, I, I think in the moment when that stag isn't white, all of that anxiety disappears. He's saying, I'm sticking with Rhaenyra. That's when he knows Rhaenyra is the heir. That's when he knows. And he's relieved to some degree because that's the choice he made. And he's now confirmed. He doesn't feel bad about it. But also, he's disappointed. Because that's also when he has to confront the fact. Confront his dream. He's not a dreamer. Yep, exactly. He's not a dreamer. I'm putting that to bed again. I got some hope again these last couple of days where it's like, maybe my dream was real. But no, man, the, the stag isn't even, the, isn't even the white heart. Like, I, it's dead. So I made the right choice, but. He, he, a small part of him wanted that to be real. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, but also it's. It's a really cool character thing because because conflicted 
conflicted is Viserys. That's that's like his whole bailiwick. That's like the thing he does. Conflicted. He says later in the episode, make some people happy to anger other people. That's paraphrased. But he never knows the answer, right? He's been thinking this whole episode, oh, maybe I am a dreamer. Maybe I'm right. And the stag is brown. He's like, oh. Never mind. No, no, I was right. Rainier is the choice. This was the moment to me where he was like, Rhaenyra is the answer. When he said, yeah, exactly. When he said, my doubt, you know, I doubted for a time. This was the end point of that time. You can see it in his face. For sure. When he, when he looks, it's really nice. Uh, Harwin says, it's not white, your grace, but he's strong or something. Some, some, I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. him. Something like that. He's a big one. And Constant, yes. And Constant, uh, Patty says, he doesn't say anything. You can see it on his face. Go watch it again, guys. Seriously, go watch it. You can see in his face, he looks down at the ground slightly to an angle. And you can see him just saying to himself, okay. I'm not a dreamer. I know. And also, one of the coolest things right after that, it flashes to Otto. And Otto Mm -hmm. knows too. And And Otto 100% knows. Fuck. He's like, I thought I fucking had this. Mm -hmm. This is a setback and now I need to go deal with this. I need to go We'll see this in the next scene. I need to go deal with Allison to try to make him really see that Aegon still is the right choice, right? He was counting on this and it didn't come up. Yep. Part of me wonders. Part of me wonders. Harwin's the one holding the stag. Did they catch the wrong stag on purpose to confound Otto? To not give Otto the answer he wanted to no, he got away. Dang yeah. it. You know what I mean? Dang it. Yeah, Lionel's maybe. clever, man. If Lionel does not want Aegon necessarily to be the heir, I wonder. It's not what we're seeing. I'm interested to know what his game is because yeah. he's got to be doing something. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. We do get a white heart, though. We oh, do. Quick Michael Scott quote, though. <laughs> Please. Please. Yeah, I went hunting once. Shot the deer in the leg. Had to kill it with a shovel. Took about an hour. Why do you ask? I will not disparage The Office as a show. (laughs) But I will disparage Michael Scott as a character in general. The worst human to be ever featured as a main character on the show. (laughs) He's a terrible human. And for some reason, you still cheer for the guy. I don't. But I'm glad you don't. Uh, okay, so all of a sudden, this white heart presents itself to Rhaenyra. Yeah. Tell it's me like, what your thoughts behind that. What's well, the symbol real, real time, as you're watching, it's like 20 seconds later. Mm-hmm. It's, it's literally like 20 seconds after we get the death of the other stag. We see the white heart on the screen, looking at Rhaenyra, huffing a little bit. And she's saying, you know, suggesting to Kristen that he doesn't kill it. Um, to me... This seems clear as day. It's the storytellers telling us she's the one. Her, she, her, it's her, her. She's her. the one. It's bring a bold, her, bring her, bring honestly, her. for this story, because we know that this is a conflict between blacks and greens, uh, but we haven't really gotten to quite yet. Uh, it's, it's a bold choice a little bit for the, yeah. the showrunners because they're kind of, really spoon feeding us hey 
Rhaenyra is the answer. This is the person that you're cheering for. That's what I this, put here too. Yeah, yeah. we're this, meant to this sympathize should be with Rhaenyra. The ruler. This is the answer. It's not a question. This is the answer, right? It it feels like this is the house one scene to the of next of House of the Dragon. Yeah. yeah, you go from one scene to the next, and they're telling you, "Oh, look, the heart has a relationship with Rhaenyra. She's the answer." Right. Mm-hmm. The only other thing I thought about here is what would Kristen would have done with that sword? Like you can't catch that deer and he's <laughs> like run after it. He just <laughs> runs away and he's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Got away. My my bad. I thought I was a better hunter. I guess. I saw him draw the sword and I was like, what are you gonna do with that thing? Like, no, it's a stupid. Big old freaking stag. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. Okay. Um, then it does show her returning to the camp. Yeah. And everyone sees her. Yeah. Uh and that's where I think that staying bloody was absolutely intentional. She doesn't know what happened with the white heart at this point or with the nope. stag and everything, what nope. Viserys did. Nope. Um, but she knows that everyone's looking at her. Everyone. And for a time, she seems like the heir to me. I think that's yeah. her most like air looking moment. This is her Vigo hero shot. Yeah. When After- Vigo like opens the doors is like... Sorry, Lord of the Rings, guys. Go watch Lord of the Rings. I think it's Two Towers, this one. Go watch Two Towers. Vigo Mortensen opens the doors and strides through, and it's like hero shot. And Scad's like, I need to go change my pants. Already did twice. (laughs) (laughs) But it's all the the, and it's all the same men that just saw Viserys participate in this manufactured killing that that he still found a way to botch. Now they are seeing Rhaenyra whose horse is dragging a dead boar and there's blood all over her mm-hmm. yeah come to your own conclusions come to your own conclusions but rainier rocks is yep. the conclusion that i think that you should come to the show on hers want you to get to. <laughs> however next we get Otto trying to rewrite the narrative with allison someone who we know has the king's ear Right. So he comes in, wastes almost no time, basically saying the future of the realm is Aegon the second. You saw how she's a the woman. idea. Uh, yeah, she's a woman. You saw how Aegon united the men here at this hunt. 15 years of uncertainty and doubt have been answered with this male child. <laughs> yeah. It's all he Aegon. Has he has to have Allison sell this because the heart thing didn't work out, right? Yeah. And if the she's... heart thing worked out, Viserys would be like, boom, it's Aegon. Mm-hmm. But now he has to use Allison to do it. Yep. But, but, but does Allison go along with it? Sorta. Allison seems honestly torn. I think she, I think she honestly cares about Viserys. We'll talk about that more in the next scene about their relationship. You've already alluded to it a little bit too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she honestly cares about Rhaenyra too. She's torn between family. She knows how hard this is on her husband. You know, he doesn't hide these things from her. She was with him at the bonfire and saw his, his little breakdown he had there. So she's torn between that. And she's also torn between what she perceives as her duty to the realm which is to sire the next king and that's really a crappy situation for Otto to of course be putting her in Um, but I honestly think she's torn on this I really do 
I think I agree. You know, uh, Otto is using language like, if Rhaenyra steps over Aegon's claim. Mm-hmm. As, as if that was what happened. As if Aegon was ever made the actual heir. Yeah, he's, that's very he's, intentional language. He's starting Look what this from, girl is doing to your son. Exactly. He's starting from a place where Aegon is the heir when that's not the case. Mm-hmm. He's starting from an assumed place of power that does not exist, right? Uh, he said, the road is uncertain, but the end is clear. He knows that Westeros is going to pick a male heir. And that sucks. We all know that sucks. But he knows that that's what Westeros is going to do. Yeah. And so he asks Allison to guide Viserys. But Otto's wrong this time. I've said a lot in this podcast that Otto's right. As shitty as he is, he's right. He was shitty, but also right to interrupt the, the confrontation in the middle of the party, right? He's been right a lot of times, even though, he's, even though he sucks. But he's wrong this time, and Allison shows why in the next scene. Yep, which is, this is one of my favorite scenes in the episode. It's subtle, and it's really good. Yeah. Tell me what you like about it. Well, my most favorite thing about it is jumping a little ahead, but I I think I can tease it and we can go back. My, My favorite thing about this scene, and it's something we've hinted at in previous episodes, is that I think... People, people hate this. I assume, I, I bet most people hate it, but I think the relationship between Allison and Viserys is real. 100%. I, I really believe it's real. Yeah, I'm not 100%. sure. I'm not sure they're soulmates. I'm not sure there's like lust or real passion there at the base, but I believe they respect each other. I believe that they comfort each other. I believe they listen to each other. This is one of the, oh my God, I get it really messed up for, for this take, but like, I think it's one of the better marriage relationships we get in detail. In, in yeah, in right? terms of the world they're living in, yeah, and the standards and expectations that are in this kind of society, this is a dang good marriage, and you get zero argument from me on that. There are, I, I want to just clarify, there are of course power standards at play here correct that make the entire relationship unbalanced however understanding that those power imbalances exist in this world this relationship works to me it works um we brought this or this was brought up on twitter chatting with our friend steph you and i had a relation relationship we've had a relationship for eight years but longer actually um there was an episode a long time ago where we were talking about love oh, and yeah. lust and those types yeah. of things. I think it was Jamie and Brienne we were talking about. Yeah, and I remember. we brought up two songs. You remember the two songs? They were Reckless Yeah, I do love because I remember the Twitter thread. Yeah. By Reckless Alicia love. Keys, yeah, by Alicia which is Keys. all very much like teenage lust, just like can't go a minute without texting them type of love. Mm-hmm. And which is Yours was a firehouse song. And then was Lifehouse. Oh, Lifehouse, sorry. Um, and specifically the line, how can I stand here with you and not be moved by you? Just like in love with the essence of a person and everything. Yep. And um, and that's the relationship that Viserys and Allison have. They chat warmly like a husband and wife. She's comfortable in asking things about him. She's, you know, he's comfortable being open with her. Uh, 
totally okay with her reading the missives of the realm. Yeah. He's like, like, can I read it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Have a a look. You know, back when Emma died, he was looking for comfort and companionship. And she came and she gave that to him. We talked about how significant that scene is where she brought him the fixed piece to his little play set. Right. And how it was the deal to me one of the first times that he got a gift that was just to be nice. Remember earlier in this episode, he got the spear from Jason Lannister and he was like, this is quite this the is, thing. I think it's the, the, the job. Well like, done. I think the line is, this is quite the thing. This and is a thing. Yeah. Cause it's a totally cold gift. Um, th- that was something that she just did for him. She yeah. showed up and instead of like instantly trying to insert herself or, or wherever she was just like, I've been through what you're going through and I just want to be here for you now. I want to hold space for you. And but that's what I agree with that. I agree with that from his perspective, but also, and this is the part that's, I think a little bit combative with the fandom. I think he fulfilled that for her also. Yes. She's alone here. Mm -hmm. Like she has Rhaenyra, but that's quickly going to be ruined. And her father pushed her into this terrible situation but I think she actually found someone that she can relate to. They have kind of a similar nature to them. To them, like yeah. they're both considered and calm, easy, patient, yeah, kind of easy. They're going. interested in history mm-hmm. and you know other things that little bookish. Yeah, a little bookish. Yeah, she's been emotionally abused by the men in her life up to this point. Yes, her dad. And it, and now it looks like her uncle wasn't much better, maybe mm-hmm. worse even. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even actually saying that her relationship with Viserys started non-abusive. He had the power in that relationship. Sure. But and I think they found that. a place where they respected each other. And that, mm-hmm. that's, I've seen just a lot of negative stuff about Viserys in general. And I don't see it. Like, he's ineffectual. He's not As powerful. a leader, as a king. Yep. He's not a good at maker. making choices and sticking to them. He's mm-hmm. bad at making hard decisions. He's bad at a lot of stuff. But I feel like he's a good partner yep. and a good partner to Allison. A great partner to Emma is what we saw, other than the fact that, you know, he killed her without giving her consent. But he loved her for sure, and she loved him. That was clear in their scenes together. Yeah. He says to Rhaenyra in the next scene, find one that pleases you as mm-hmm. I did. Find one that pleases you as yeah, I did. Yeah, we get to that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, well, we, we went we went way off on that one. Well, yep. I'm glad, glad that we agree on it. Um, <laughs> Me too. And then it comes out. If no out, one else does, at least we do. At least we do. We're going to get reamed for it. Eh. But then Allison comes and gives, and, and <laughs> the original intent was for her to come and talk about Rhaenyra. And she kind of leaves it off with like, you know. Rhaenyra will be okay. She just has to believe that it's her, it's her choice to do it. Yes. And then the real good that she does here in this conversation is helping put into perspective the war on the stepstones and what he yeah. needs to do. Yeah. So I want to go back to the other part first. Okay. So it, it's an interesting disparity between this episode and previous episodes because Allison in this episode gets advice from her dad. Hey, go fucking sell Aegon. Go do it now. Aegon is going to unite the kingdom. You need to make that happen and convince him because he won't get there himself. And instead she goes in and she's like, Rhaenyra will get there. 
Yeah. Trust her. Let her come to it herself and she'll it. get there. She it. totally ignores Otto. She's moved on from that. And that's part of, honestly, I don't want to oversell it, but that's part of the relationship with Viserys, I think. She sees that through Viserys, she has gained power and agency where she can just be herself. Read letters, yeah. Right? And give the advice that she thinks is real and not be owned by her dad. Right? And that's, maybe you could argue, I'm sure, maybe some people would argue like she's just trading Otto for Viserys as some sort of controlling force, maybe, but I feel like that relationship with Viserys is much more give and take. And it doesn't feel abusive or manipulative. At least less so. At least. Uh, Anyway, we we can move on from that part, but she, she does ignore Otto and gives her own advice to Viserys about Rhaenyra, mm-hmm. seemingly from a very good place inside her heart, trying to help Rhaenyra and Viserys. Both. And Viserys, yep. Right? And, Family. and that's good. And yes, then to get to your point, the main point that she really provides is perspective. Okay, so you're struggling. Like, these are very personal relationships that you have with your brother and the Stepstones and all these things, and they defied you and all this stuff, but like, I, I built a character recently in a, uh, a role-playing scenario where his main principle is what is the best for the most people? Like he, make, he tries to make decisions always based on what is the best for the most people. Mm-hmm. And she plays that with him. She says, okay, forgetting all the brother stuff and you know the how's it going to make me look and all those things, what's going to help the realm yeah. the most? Is it better for this guy to die or to live? Yeah. What do you think of that? Think of it that way. I think it's brilliant. It's exactly what he needed. He is so mired about the effing politicking, he says earlier in the episode. And she completely reorients him. What of me? Yeah. You're the king. You're supposed to protect these people. What's going to lead to the most protection for the people of the realm? Letting this guy live or going out and killing him? I mean, Allison for king, right? Or queen. Yeah. Like, I feel like. I feel like she's pretty wise. She comes off as a great queen. She really yeah. does. Like, I don't want to spoil anything. But those of us that are red fire and blood have some very conflicted feelings right now. But like, Correct. she she seems great. She seems like a great friend and queen and helper to a ruler. And frankly, she'd probably be a better ruler than he is. Bringing that, we talked about, there's like almost like a, a culture or a, sensitivity around the red keep that they said was missing when emma died yeah uh, a warmth and it feels like she's brought that back so um she she does somewhat feel like emma right she does a little bit well i don't know if they were intentionally going for that but i i can see it yeah well i think they needed to sell that idea that viserys picked someone who would please him and he loved emma so much that of course he's going to seek someone that has kind of those same qualities. And I agree with that. And I think that's going to be important in the next scene. But before we move on, I just want to point out one thing that Viserys says in the scene, which I think wraps up his character completely. Okay. Uh, I think we referenced it earlier. Oh, she's she, uh, Allison says to him, what do you think? My King or my husband, I don't remember exactly. Babe he says, I th- babe, whatever i think i'm doomed to anger one person in the pleasing of another yep and so i i I feel like this just encapsulates viserys 
he feels like a victim at all times. He doesn't feel like he can make tough decisions. And he always wonders about the people that he's upsetting when he makes I feel that. decisions. I feel that. Right? I'm a big time. Who am I upsetting by this? Big time. I am too. I don't think he's abnormal. I think it's hard though for a king. Right. right? That's a lesson that seems like you have to learn early on as a, as a ruler of any sort, a leader yeah. of any sort. Totally. Is you're not going to be popular with everybody. But, but Viserys wants to be. He, he sure wants does. to be parting. He wants to be liked. I don't need to be liked. I don't have to be liked, but I want to be liked. I need to be liked. I need to be liked. It's another Michael <laughs> Scott reference. Yep. Yep. Those not playing along. Uh, but I, I just feel like that wraps him up as a character. He's doomed to anger one person in the pleasing of another. And that just, he, he almost screams that line. He's so frustrated by it. Yeah. Right. He doesn't like that that's the way he is, but nevertheless. That's the way he is. My favorite scene in the in the in the episode coming up. Oh, here we go. I love it. We start off with uh him taking Allison's advice. Well, him coming to a decision coached by Allison. They are gonna send help to the stepstones. They are. Right. And then the He would sooner die is my favorite line, maybe in the whole episode. Because he knows his brother so well. Someone's he would sooner good. die than ask for help. He's a morning person. He does well in the morning. Like That's when he Viserys? made his big decision about Alicent in the uh, last episode. It's like, funny. catch him in the morning if you want him to do something big. I never put that together, but I like it. <laughs> I just I like did it. right now. I like what your head's at. <laughs> uh, then we get to Rhaenyra and Viserys. It's your favorite scene, so I want to give you a chance to talk about it. I just want to point out that these blow-up chats that space that are spaced out by years, that's not a healthy way to go about these relationships. Like we talked about, if you're having these conversations continually, it kind of it's much more healthy and constructive to a relationship than pushing things under the rug until they blow up three years later, then pushing it back under the rug till it blows up a year later. Just talk about these things out in the open because they both clear up some things in this conversation. They, they could have been cleared up a long time ago. They do. Uh, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier in the episode, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was saying like it, these time jumps, it's bad storytelling. And I, I understand they have to do it. But when you do that, you rob the audience of these conversations that should have and believably would have happened in the meantime. But I also believe these happen in relationships where we push off having the difficult conversations and dance around them. I know I've done it where you dance around issues and don't come and address them straight out and move on from them in the, under the guise of maybe keeping the peace or something like that. But how long, Matt, have you waited three years to tell your son, let's just, I'm not picking an example from your life that I know about. But how long have you, how often have you waited three years to tell your son, hey, you know what? Uh, when you talk to girls like this, it's degrading and wrong. I'm not saying your son does this. I'm saying. He didn't even talk to girls, so it's all right. <laughs> I'm just saying like <laughs> it, these, it's, it's almost not believable. Certainly, that he would wait this certainly long to talk the about length these of time things. is yeah. significant. Yep. At this age, at least. But mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Time moves fast. Sometimes 
you lose track of it and it just extends and all of a sudden well, you're older and you're like, oh my God, what happened? I he's such that. a peacekeeper and he's like, well, she's not angry. So I need to keep it that way. But he she's does not... know she's angry. He says earlier, you've but, been alone and angry. Right. But it's not blowing up until recently. Yeah. And maybe there's been blowups, but it's like, he's such a peacekeeper that he's not moving. He's, he's, he's satisfied with the status quo that is less than what it could be if the tough conversations were had. And oh. really, I don't think these conversations would have been that tough. These two had a fundamental misunderstanding of what the other was thinking. That's why it's unbelievable to me that they didn't happen and why I hate it would have the, been the so time much skips better. and all of it. But anyway, we can, we can disagree about the effectiveness of the time skips. That's fine. Regardless, we are where we are. We are where Rhaenyra has a completely disassociated understanding of where Viserys's head has been this whole time. The whole time. And Viserys has done, I don't mean to put all the blame on Rhaenyra at all, Viserys has done a terrible job of Absolutely. Ex- explaining to her where his head is. Like, yep. it's on him to, to tell her. He's the only What do guy. you expect he's, her to think? He's the parent. You have to you know, almost inflict upon her what you actually think. Because as I've learned from dealing with counselors, if you don't give details about the situation, humans will fill the empty void with negativity. Right. They will. And that's the what stories Rhaenyra's we done. tell are always negative. Yep. Rhaenyra has filled her head with the fact that as soon as this baby was born, I was replaced. Mm-hmm. And apparently because of what I call bad storytelling and what Matt says is sometimes time slips away from you. He never addressed this right. with her in these last two years that, he still thought of her as his heir. And that he was just trying to set her up to be in the best possible situation with the best king consort that he could find for her yes. that would also make her happy. Yes. That all these things I've been trying to do for he you just are told her that. about making you happy and about solidifying your claim and about getting you an heir and making you seem more a more stable and better choice for the realm will deflect all of this Aegon stuff. Yeah. But I guess if maybe you had a conversation with her, maybe she would have understood that. Right. And you didn't. So that's Listen, on you. House Lannister is like you, all those things you said. You marry House Lannister, a house of wealth and everything, and the stuff that House, the influence that House Lannister has on the entire realm, that can really help you when you're a ruling queen and an unpopular situation. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to do for you here, sis. Yes. But he never tells her that. Yeah. This is about your claim. This is about mm-hmm. reinforcing your claim, not about replacing your claim. Yep. These are the reasons I'm doing this for you. Right? It's just this conversation needed to be had earlier. Yeah. Like two, two years, and a half like years as, ago. Like as yeah. soon as Allison was pregnant, you should have just taken it to the side and been like, hey, listen, just a touch base. Yeah. I want you to know my daughter, you are my heir. Let's talk about how we cement you now that your brother is born. It's a little, it's going to be a little more complicated. We need to make sure that everyone sees you as powerful and in control. Yeah. So I want you to accompany me to these things. I want you to speak up in these types of situations. You've got to hunt once in a while. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, So we move then. So after all of that, after he's kind of convinced Ray and Era that he's, been trying to look out for her i'm not sure how much she believes it but he i i think he does a pretty good job of telling her like i'm looking out for you 
he eventually caves. She says, if it were all about advantage, you would have married Lana. And she wins the argument in that moment. Yeah. Right then. And to his credit, he <laughs> surrenders. <laughs> totally. He's like, it takes him like a second. Yep. He's like, you're right. <laughs> good yep. job. Good job, Viserys. <laughs> you know, like, good job. Admitting defeat. Uh, honestly, we're making light of it a little bit. That's a good quality. Admitting when you're wrong think- or when you've made a choice for a different reason, that's a good quality. I think we talked about it in episode one or two about how he's willing to kind of be a little self-deprecating and, and humble, be humbled. Yeah. So I like that about him too. I think he knows he's not great. Oh, sure. He's got awful self-esteem. Yep. I, I, I'm not even sure it's that like, I'm not sure he hates himself or anything. I, I think it's just like, he knows he's not, the best at making choices and he can admit yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So eventually he comes to a place where he's like, fine, you're right. I didn't marry for advantage. Find your own match. Love it. Okay. Very, very progressive. Yep. Uh, but he says, strengthen your claim, show up your succession, mm-hmm. multiply. And you can see that it's a it's a brilliant shot. It's just one or I don't know, five, three, four, five seconds where they put the camera on Rhaenyra and she's listening to him say this, short of your succession, multiply. And you can see her, you can almost see her mind shift. Like, oh, oh, this is about maintaining power and making it about my legitimacy. This is, yeah, this is a little bit bigger than just me. Yeah, and my feelings. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is about my future, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, very. What is it? Aegon, Aegon the Fifth, I think. Uh, egg from Duncan Egg that yep. marries for love mm-hmm. and encourages that. Uh, other Targaryens have had this opinion. Others, other Targaryens have also just done the whole marry your siblings thing. But she gives a great little smile after yes, he gives this little. Sp- it's a tiny little thing and Matt all I wanted honestly all I wanted in that moment was for them to just hug when I want you yeah, to be happy yeah. I want you to make your choice find your own yeah. match just give me a hug just a, just I, I, I feel that to hug so bad I wanted it uh when he says Rhaenyra as she's walking out I wanted him to just be like I love you kiddo or you yeah. know like <laughs> Have they hugged? We should go back and look. Have they hugged at all? I don't think, I don't know they've ever touched. Let's see. Fucking disturbing. Like, Mm -hmm. just give the girl a hug. Yep. Love you, kiddo. (sighs) Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, We also do get, I did waver, which Mm -hmm. I don't want to leave out. Uh, He's like, while we're being honest with each other. I did waver. I thought about replacing you. Right, mm-hmm. and I'm glad he threw that in there. It's a, it's not something he had to throw in there. He but it's just like a, I'm being completely it. honest and open yeah, with you. Exactly. Trust totally. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. So what then got? we got a completely different television show at this point. <laughs> yeah. Do Do you want my defense of Viserys now, or do you want it? In the dollar, in the dragons after dark section. 
Um, well, if it's going to get spoilery, let's wait. But yeah, we can wait. Let's okay. wait. Yeah, we can I want put you to here. feel unencumbered by spoiler tags. So I don't think it's spoilery, but we can let's let's keep going. Okay. It's it's a bit it's a bit tangential. So we move to a war council on the Stepstones mm-hmm. with uh, the leaders of the Valerian army. And yeah. it's becoming obvious that they are getting trashed. This huge fleet, biggest fleet in the kingdom, only has 16 to 18 functioning ships at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, less than 100 knights, not many more foot soldiers. And things aren't looking good no matter what. And the men don't really believe in Damon either. They're losing confidence. They do a great job in this whole scene. The episodes say they're defecting and leaving and Mm -hmm. all sorts of things. Go ahead. The, the, the camera work in this scene is really great. It, it does a good job of flashing out to all of the men. It has, it goes in and gives like, little bunches of two or three guys or one guy and all of them just look completely like they've given up. Like the situation is hopeless. They're pretty dour. Yeah. Uh, Vaymond, who is Corliss's brother dour is vocally dour. (laughs) Yeah. And it feels like the only guy who's trying to actually do something is one Leonor Valerion. Who's that guy, Matt? That would be Corliss's son. Oh, who in fire and blood is not mentioned as much of a warrior at all. Yeah. And here he comes off as pretty uh, heroic. Also in fire and blood younger than Leona, who's currently 12. Yes. He's the younger brother. Right. I think so. I'm not. Um, I think I'm right. He's about 19 in this one. If we're following certain fire and blood. Yeah. Uh, timelines which are but messy. I think Leia but I think Leia is like 20 in the she could be we haven't seen Leia in a little bit so well in the show we saw her last episode and she, was, and she 12. was 12 yeah but I but I think they flipped I think they flipped them basically like anyway it doesn't matter it's fine right um one thing that I noticed is when they're looking at the battle map mm-hmm they talk about how we need we send the dragons, so plural, mm-hmm. which we later we've always known there's Caraxes, but then we know there's sea smoke that we One see of the best later moments on. Moments in the series comes flying through there, but then if you look at the battle map, there's actually three dragon pieces laid out. So mm-hmm. I wonder if Melee's uh, Rainey's dragon it does it is around when needed. And if homegirl home goes to war every once in a bit, which I'd I love want, to see. I really want it because Rayanus is my favorite character from Wouldn't Fire and Blood. Wouldn't it be so cool? Wouldn't it be so cool? Well, one of my top two or three characters from Fire and Blood anyway. My favorite character from this kind of time frame. But wouldn't, wouldn't she have shown up for this battle if she was there? I don't know why she's not there. I just noticed there were three dragons there. I and... didn't see that. I should go back and look at That's interesting. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, we only get in. The, well, I don't know if we're ready to skip past the the council. Maybe we shouldn't. Uh, he does beat the messenger about the head and shoulders with his own helmet. Kills the uh, messenger. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets the news that uh, 
man, such an interesting relationship. Like he literally beats a guy almost to death with a helmet because his brother said, Hey man, I love you. I'm going to send help. Right. Because it takes away the glory from him. Let me just, but, but let me just comment for a minute about how messed up that is. Okay. Because Damon, listen, I know a lot of you love Damon. He's fucked up. He's got amazing emotional issues. He's really problematic. And if you get a letter that says, hey, man, I love you. I'm sending help. You running off to commit suicide is not probably a healthy response. And that's what he goes to do. Damon is a mess. And everyone worshiping him should maybe think twice about it. He's a mess. Just just temper things a little bit, at least. You can like the guy. We like who we like, but temper it a little bit. Matt, thanks for pulling me back. I appreciate it. I got you, brother. (laughs) I'm just saying I'm right, but I appreciate you tempering. Sure, sure. What he does to the messenger reminds me of uh, what we saw from Rhaenyra earlier. A lot of pent-up aggression that just came out in that moment. This is the thing about the letter. This aid will deliver us the victory, Viserys says. This aid will deliver us the victory that has thus far evaded us. That's yeah. the exact verbatim language of the letter. So, if so you, you work see for his, something. Yeah. You see his face as he's reading it, and it's become a great meme now of, mm-hmm. of Damon's face as he's reading the letter. He's reading us, and he's like, bull crap us. Bull crap. And he loses it. He loses it. That's fair. It's 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 fair to be. Listen, I've done a job for a period of time where I wasn't recognized for what I got. I understand how that feels. Like if you've put in the work for three years, and all of a sudden someone's like, "I'm going to come save us. Us are going to succeed. Us is the way." I get being offended by that. You don't <laughs> beat a guy to within an inch of his life though over it. Just the one time I did it. Right. But just the one time. Okay. Well, as long as it was just once. <laughs> uh, I, you're, you're right. When you, put it in that, in, when you put it in that context, I understand why he's angry. Mm-hmm. Still seems... Still. Still. Like Still. too much. Right. And so then it's like... Also, thought, though, Viserys, I don't know whether he did that on purpose or just a bad communicator. It right? might but be the communication. That was not a good message to send. From his perspective, it was like, I'm showing a unity that we're together on this. Um, We forget that in Fire and Blood, I actually had this note up top earlier. It's nine uh, years, this war. Nine years is the war. Uh, And actually it says the Valerian forces with Daemon won many victories and that Viserys supported the efforts with regular infusions of gold. I like that they changed it. I I like the way that this works out. I think it adds a lot of depth to their relationship. I think it does a lot for Damon to kind of have it be something where Viserys swoops in in at the last second. We'll probably Um, get to this in Dragons After Dark too, but I'm not sure it's over yet, right? Uh, Oh, sure. We'll get to it. Yeah. Crab feeder's dead, but... Crab feeder, yep. Yep. One one Um, of two, if you will. (laughs) Uh, What was I saying? But it, it... goes to show uh, why Viserys is now going, okay, I've got to go do this suicide run 
right now because I've got to keep this glory before my brother comes and takes it from me. So I'm going to go do this right now. Right now. But also, again, looking at the camera, Kalisar, you realize how insane that is, right? Not your best move, buddy. It's not committing suicide just to get glory is not good. <laughs> like maybe drop your brother a line, go fly your dragon there and have a conversation with him and share the glory. Something, something besides let's go row a boat over there and die is maybe a better choice. Speaking of which, are we ready to go to the battle? Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. All right. You loved it. I, I saw on Twitter you loved it. Oh, it's so much fun. I mean, it was great to watch when he lands there and just walking through that whole scene of decomposing corpses and all of that. And it just sets such a visceral, ugly scene. And I was wondering what he was going to do. Did you think he was going to become one man army when he was sitting there with the white flag and the sword out? Did you think he was going to suddenly pull the knife out of his boot and well, go go patriot on everybody. I mean, yeah, I assumed he would. Yeah, but it's not. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, you're playing dumb, Matt, but you're not dumb. Uh, it's not in Damon's character to just give himself up. Uh, you know, he's an arrogant, brash, aggressive human. Um, and further, we didn't go through it, but in the in the council scene, Leonor lays out a plan. In which, which is this plan? They, which is kind of this plan. It's a little weird because he didn't talk about it with him. Maybe they talked about it before. He's like, and, oh crap, we got to go like right now. <laughs> Damon hoped that that Leonor would realize what he was doing. It's a little weird. I hate it to be honest. But uh, you know, I, no, I don't think he ever intended to actually give up. I assume that was his plan was to yeah. attack and go feral. I do believe, as people have posted online too, that he was ready to die. I don't, sure. I don't think that was to him. That felt like a better option than giving than Viserys giving the glory. Viserys any glory. That's so <laughs> stupid. This guy's at Kalisar. This guy's a moron. So, okay. I did go think ahead. that he was going to like eventually go for the crab feeder, but I thought he was going to give up at first mm. to then be taken to the crab feeder and then oh. figure out a way to okay. go after him. Then that I did not sense. think that it was going to be, battle on the beach running through arrows yeah all of that so well let me let me let me i'm i'm gonna be negative about this scene in general just from a execution perspective but let me say it looks great it's so cool fantastically shot it looks just amazing as a as an epic it's fantastic i i don't just me I don't think of George's works as epics. I think of them as stories. And I think of them as character pieces. And so when I watch, <laughs> when I watch cinematic events that are completely unbelievable and crazy and kind of defy what I think characters would do, I get upset. And so I did not like this scene. But I understand the chords it hits with people. And I understand relishing it and loving it and indulging in it i get it so i don't want to be super negative about it and i'm not gonna be i'm I'm just gonna say there are things that defy belief it doesn't make sense to me i feel like there's lots of ways they could have handled this war differently but the scene's badass 
Damon gives a flying jump kick roll into the dirt that is one of the best action things I think I've ever seen in cinema. And, and I then he takes it. his sword and he does that little thing where he like twirls yeah. it in his hand, yeah. which is super twirls cool. It. It's later, yeah. but yeah, yeah, he twirls it when he's going after Crab Feeder. I can Great. see I can see Damon making that character choice to do that. Um, but obviously the epic battleness of it is a little unbelievable. You're really it's gonna take you that long to get hit by the arrows. Like there were a lot of them raining down on you, and you're gonna run through all of them. Now the archers are quite far away and it's quite misty, it's hard to see him. But I feel like just from a numbers perspective, and he does and, get hit. And later, also but. the Corliss forces Show arrive up out in of the nick nowhere. Of time. Like there's no way they could have gotten there that quickly. But who cares? It's fun. People like the scene. I don't want to rain on it. Like it's a great, it's a great action sequence. Damon is a fucking badass in it. And I get it. I get that people want to like it. It doesn't work for me. These scenes very rarely work for me, frankly. I'm much more at home in the council meetings and in the one-on-one scenes between the fathers and daughters. How are you in the battle battle scenes? On the next morning, the morning of the third day at Helm's Deep. How are you with that one? Uh, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Okay. All right. Uh, it's not what I live right. for in that movie, but I like it. It's good. All right. All right. It's okay. better than this. It's better than this. <laughs> it's more believable than this. Uh, yeah, yeah. But like you said, those are set up. Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, those kind of things are kind of set up to be epic and to have those moments of yeah. Han Solo showing up right when Darth Vader is going to blow Luke out of the sky. And so is this. I don't, I don't mean to demean this. Like yeah. they're trying to set Damon up as a great warrior and it works. It's, it's effective. It doesn't work for me, but it, mm. who cares? You know, people, people like this stuff. I love it. I love it. Uh, one thing I'm not sure that I love is not showing the fight with the crab feeder though. Oh, I loved that. It's the only part about this I loved. So I liked it in the sense of it's symbolic of him not being important enough to the show to actually show. They're saying this guy that we kind of set up as the enemy, he's really not that important. In fact, we're going to give him an off-screen death. Um, he's not the real enemy to be worrying about mm-hmm. in Fire in House of the Dragon. Yeah. What did you think? You really liked it. Well, I don't. I I, I think first of all, characterization-wise, they made it clear that he's not a fighter. He could barely move. He, he did this. Just like he could pound a nail, no problem. But like he can, yeah, like he can barely move. The guy clearly has grayscale, uh, which for those that don't know, do they cover it in Game of Thrones show? I don't know. Uh, Shireen. Uh, yeah, Shireen, oh, has, Shireen it. has it. Okay. And they actually got... bring it into a Jorah Mormont. Oh, okay. Arc, but... Cool. For those yeah. that don't know, I didn't watch Game of Thrones past season three. I don't remember if I've talked he about He kind of fulfills that John Connington part. So. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drahar has clearly he has grayscale he's not an effective fighter I didn't think there was any way a fight between him and Damon would mean anything would be in any way interesting we've, we've just established that Damon can kick the shit out of a bunch of people why is the fight with a guy that can barely move due to grayscale going to be interesting <clears throat> it was more of a symbolic kill than a, a meaningful one uh, so I liked it for that reason and it was very just brutal. The, the way, yeah. The yeah, way he brought the torso. The way that out. he was yeah. cut. Yeah, it was like he cut him yeah. from shoulder down to 
yeah. like partway through his torso in a diagonal cut. It was rough. Yeah. Usually, traditionally, they just take their head, right? And they yes. come out holding their hair or something, yes. holding the head by the hair. Like, I killed him. And he goes out and it's it's so creepy. He's holding the hand yeah. of that part. He walks out holding it like you'd hold the my hand of a buddy, child. My buddy. And there's goes just this wherever I go. One fifth goes, of a corpse. Buddy. It's it's so gross. It, it's gross. Trailing entrails. Yes. And uh a really cool choice, I think, by the well, I showmakers. Think yeah, it is a cool choice, and I think done on purpose, as most good choices are. Uh he nails living people to pieces of wood so the crabs can eat them. And he brought out not a head, but a piece that can lay on the beach and be consumed by crabs. Mm-hmm. Right. Good point. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love Sea Smoke. Was glad to see it. Was glad to see Leonor being a, a badass warrior. He's on just like, woo! Yeah. Yeah. He's having a good time. Dracarys! Mm-hmm. Just, uh, he's living his best, best life for sure. It was awesome. It was what awesome. do you think Caraxes was doing during this whole battle? He was just chilling. He just, uh, I was wondering that. Having I don't a know what Caraxes is doing. Yeah. Did he kind of know that Damon needed this? Yeah. Like Damon needs this. I just need to step back on this one. How long how how far away does the dragon link work? Like when he's when he felt Damon getting hit by arrows, was he screaming on the other island? Um, I think it's about the range of your average Bluetooth speaker. So mm. not great. So like yeah, you know, like 30 feet. 30, like 40 that. feet, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no idea. Cracks had no idea. He didn't know what was going cool. on. Yeah. Uh, he just matched on the tender with the, somebody. The battle's great. I don't. I don't mean to. I don't mean to sicken everyone on the battle. It was great. It was really well done. Really well filmed. That jump kick roll thing was amazing. Off the little it hill. Really was really good. The whole thing is good. I liked it. It's just. It didn't. You know. It's not what does it for me. It wasn't super believable. Seeing Corliss as just a savage fighter. That was gratifying to see once they joined the battle. Was it? I yeah, always, it was. I, I always thought of Corliss as like, you know, like an adventurer, but not a battler. Well, I think that's kind of implied, you know, when you're traveling that far and everything, you're going to have to fight a little bit. There's going to be people that are wanting yeah. to take your ship and stuff. And All right. Yeah. I, I felt get, like I, he, he fought that way. You convinced and, me. I get it. It's probably not something he lives for, but when called upon, he's a savage warrior, and I liked seeing that. It was nice to see. It wasn't what I expect from the sea snake, but sure, I I get at at least at this age. But I I get it. You're right. He's he's as the show has has put him at least. He's a self made man. He's Mm -hmm. earned this through sweat and tears and blood. So it makes sense. He's fought on the decks of a few ships before. Yeah, for sure. Against Victarion. Ooh, that would be cool. Ooh, there you go. Um, Victarion. That's all I really got, though. Yeah. I mean, me besides what we've already discussed. Great so. scene. You know, well shot. Good action. Not a yeah. single line from uh, Damon in Didn't the whole say thing. A thing. Didn't say Didn't a thing. Didn't say a thing. Amazing. Are we ready then to move on to the next sequence? Yes. Let's call it in. Dun, 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 dun. Dragons after dark. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about Viserys? 
Oh yeah, I said I had stuff. I'm not sure it's spoilery so much as uh, it's a defense. I really, I really like what they've done with, with Viserys here. He clearly he's flawed. I don't mean to say that he's perfect or any by any means at all, although he hasn't made mistakes. But he didn't want to be king. He's for sure not suited for it. But he's trying to do his best. His best clearly isn't good enough. Like he's made a lot of mistakes. But I kind of just hate <laughs> this whole thing is driven from seeing all the love for Damon this week after this episode and the hatred for, for Viserys because this poor man, he does not deserve to be booed <clears throat> in the main series. Tyrion says, I think it's Tyrion, prophecy is like a half-trained mule. It looks as though it might be useful, but the moment you trust in it, it kicks you in the head, right? Mm -hmm. And Viserys is being kicked in the head by prophecy. He's being kicked in the head by his counselors, being kicked in the head by everybody. He's trapped between prophecy, promises, and reality, frankly, and he doesn't know what to do. He pictures himself as a navigator of peace, but finds only rocks in the water, always something in the way, right? He thinks of his, himself as a dreamer, but also... His dreams don't seem to come true. He thinks of himself as an artist, or at least he's helping the art of that sculptor creation, but he can't sculpt himself. He's a dad, but he can't parent his daughter. He can't relate to her. So, like, could he have been better? Yes. Is he a failure? Yes. Like, I, I think he knows that he's not succeeding in any of these roles, right? But he wants to forge peace. He wants to dream. Yeah. He yes. wants to sculpt. He wants to be a parent. He just can't. And I don't, I don't, I'm not saying we should excuse him and not blame him at all, but For he wants mistakes, those yeah. things. His intentions are good. Yeah, I'm tired of people not calling maliciousness him. A, yes, yeah. exactly. I'm tired of people calling him a villain for failing to do the good things. Damon is a villain because he wants to be a fucking villain. Viserys is a tragic hero. He's a hero that fails. He wants to succeed and doesn't have the ability. That's a tragic hero. He doesn't know how to succeed. He wants to do good things. He does. Yep. And uh, I think one of the reasons I like him so much is it's like, I feel that, buddy. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, me too. I don't know yeah. that I've ever failed as spectacularly or on such He's a large bad. scale as he has. He fails miserably. Yeah. But, but I say he's got low self-esteem. And I think he, he recognizes those failures. Yeah, he does. And uh, he tries to smile. And I know I try to smile, but you still feel like, you know, what opportunities have I missed? Um, what could I have done that would have set me up to be better today that I didn't do then? And those feelings are all ones that we've had, which is I love that they've brought that side of Viserys into this show. Because it's, Fire and Blood just mentions him as the jovial, fun party king. It is. And this is so great. It's probably the biggest success of the show for me personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's not for everyone else. Yeah, but, yeah, I think but I'd the agree. Flesh, the fleshing out of Viserys as a real person that's not just like, hey, man, partying mm -hmm. and tits and wine and mm -hmm. I have sex with Alicent and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. the, the fleshing out of someone who is struggling with ruling who is wants to take it seriously but doesn't know how to succeed who doesn't have honestly just doesn't have the skills 
to succeed. Like it's, it's been my favorite part of the show for sure. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever quantified it as favorite, second favorite, whatever, but if you mention it, I think so. I think that's my favorite part too, is Viserys' characterization and his portrayal by Patty. Fantastic act. Just give me Emmy now. Like I who's, love it. who's an actor. I, he was on my radar, but I'd never paid much attention to the guy before. I and now I want to go check out everything. So, oh, you're going to mock him in the middle of this shit? Uh, you know me, man. <laughs> For those that don't know, after Matt watched Breaking Bad, he went and watched the entire catalog of Malcolm in the Middle just so that he could get some just more Walter get, White. Just to get a Brian Cranston fix. He needed, yep. he needed his BC. Yep. I, I dive all in on things. They hold my attention for a short amount of time, but while it holds my attention, I'm all in. You're now. all in. Yeah. And I love <laughs> that about you. So none of that was really too spoilery. No. But we no. can talk about where he's headed. Um, do you think he'll die next episode? Think we'll lose him? I don't think so. I think it's going to be a few more. Think we'll get him th- for I, one or two more. I think. I think we might get him to the end of the season. Hmm. I, I feel. I feel like he might last, or at least till episode nine. Maybe nine, and then ten might be like the uh, kind of like there's a maybe that was Game kind of, Thrones, of a, that was a Game of Thrones. Okay, uh, yeah, the big stuff they, happened in the second to last episode. Yeah, and then the la- the last episode was dealing with it. I think that could be true because the last episode could be setting up a lot of a lot of things in the councils and the. I don't want to spoil. Us. Well, oh, we're in dragons. We're in the spoiler spoil. yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of council stuff that happens, like maybe setting up the the real action for the next year. I the corpse of Viserys yeah. just being left in his bedroom for mm-hmm. however long it was. The murder of I could see the murder of Lyman Beesbury being the last thing that happens in this Ooh, season. Okay, right, okay. and so Viserys okay. lasting until either the last episode or the second last episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I mean they could easily easily with the way they've drawn out these episodes they could easily make those council sessions where they're deciding what to do into a whole episode a whole episode. of just like council and they may do it they may do right. it yeah. yeah but um, but but i think uh i think viserys is going to quickly get uh based based on the proclamation he gave you are my heir you will not be supplanted i can see him easily getting annoyed by Otto going forward right and, and then getting rid of him auto being out yeah 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 i don't know who'll be in episode four but i can see it happening that's what i put down to um yeah that auto could be on his way out very soon we of course know that auto is replaced by lionel strong as hand of the king yeah uh because viserys got so bug that auto constantly bringing up changing the succession mm-hmm. um so i was dancing around it most of the episode that this episode i really feel like is preparing lionel strong to become the hand of the king uh for all the things that we talked about before and it's actually giving us a nice introduction into all of the strongs the three strongs yeah. uh, i almost i maybe went too far in the main episode but larry's joining in on that chat is showing his tendency to learn what the realm is talking about and gossiping about preparing him for his future role as the master of whisperers. Yes. I thought this was a nice nod to that. Um, we uh, are introduced to Harwin strong a little more. Um, I know you have a quibble with his size. 
I just, I just think like the strongest man in the Seven Kingdoms should be a bigger dude. Should That's be a bigger all. dude. Yeah. I mean, there's no way this wiry guy is the strongest guy in the Seven Kingdoms. Like, let's yeah. not pretend that's true. And maybe they won't done. bill him as such, but it would be did once the strongest knight in the Seven Kingdoms. Viserys said. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Um, when he said, when he said, well, let me guess, bones? you think yeah. I should marry her to okay. break bones the strongest knight in the seven kingdoms right he's not look at him he looks he's great he looks fantastic as a knight but he's not he's not stronger than i am let's put it that way i just feel like if they brought in like dwayne johnson opposite millie alcock or even emma darcy when she whenever they decide to have that relationship happen it yeah. would just it looks a little weird and so i feel like a smaller harwin is more believable. Plus, he kind of looks like Kristen Cole, and I wonder if they'll play that up a little bit. He's got dark hair and all that. Matt, these days so, we don't disagree a lot, but I disagree a lot with you here. Yeah, I okay. do. I, I mean, uh, I mean, maybe it's because I'm a bigger dude and I'm, I'm just, I'm just emoting. But like, people like bigger dudes sometimes. They do. I just don't think on screen he's going to look great with the Who characters. Who cares they have what it looks like? Let's be Everyone realistic. Cares. Who I... cares? A big dude can be with a small chick. This can happen. It can absolutely happen. This is not like. It can absolutely happen. I feel like Rhaenyra is. I think they're going to play this whole thing up of some sort of spurning happened with Kristen Cole and her projecting it onto Harwin strong. And that's how they're going to make the relationship happening. Well, that's what make, happens make in the Fire and Blood, happen. right? So there's a few stories. One or two. Yeah. One of, one one of, of those stories ways. is that she goes after him and he says, no way, man, I'm pure. I, I don't and think of the other that is way. the opposite. <laughs> then she wanders into the street and Harwin strong is there. And he's like, I don't care. I'll do you right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I suck as a human. Mm-hmm. And we don't get much from Harmon Strong, to be honest, in Fire and Blood. It's just you are the sire of her children, and we get nothing else about him other than being break bones, broken bones, and the strongest man in the kingdom for a while. Yeah. I, I just feel like he – I don't want him to be a brute necessarily, but I want it to be believable, Matt. That's all I'm saying. I don't. I didn't believe it when I saw that actor. That's all I'm saying. All right. And I think it made them a little more believable, but I'm willing to see what happens. And I understand where you're coming from. Of course, I'm going to see what happens. I'm not going to stop watching. Um, <laughs> I'm done with this. Uh, this was the straw. <laughs> so I think we could see Otto out maybe as soon as next episode. Could be. Um, the famous green and black feast happened in Fire and Blood on uh, the series and Allison's five-year anniversary. Yeah. Like eight so, years ago from where the story is now, I think. Right, but they're only been married for three years and yeah. maybe three and a half. So in, we yeah, don't I know mean, where Fire and Blood would have been like but, 210. I think right now, mm-hmm. based on the year skips, they're like 218 yeah. or something. So, But they've been married less time. It's it's weird. It's weird. So yeah, It doesn't work. What I'm saying is we could be getting that feast soonish, maybe not next episode. I think it's likely. It's got to start happening soon. What we're definitely going to get is some Damon and Rhaenyra stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're talking about episode four, yeah, I think they're going to skip ahead probably six months. 
I think Allison's pregnant again. So there's two babes birthed. Allison's going to be pregnant again for the third mm-hmm. babe, I think. Which is think in Fire and Blood, that's Amond. Third babe would be Amond. I think that they might switch Helena and Amond in this. I don't know. I'm, I'm not adamant about it, but I can see why they would, right? Just to mm. age up Amond so that he's older when all this stuff happens. Sure. Okay. But it doesn't really matter that much. Mm-hmm. Um, Otto, we mentioned Otto maybe being sent away. Um, he, he, I, I wonder if they might keep him around in the show just because Risa Founds is so amazing and they might want him just kind of pulling strings. Oh, back so on. have him not going back to old not town, but hand, yeah, not hand, but still there and still kind of a court influencing shit, maybe. Yeah, no, um, I think I could see that happening. So last time I predicted that in this episode, Rhaenyra would get her her uh, her betrothal. I think it's going to happen this time now. I think so. <laughs> the last scene, it. just keep pushing. Well, just keep pushing it. Yeah, episode by episode. I think the last episode when we saw that that look she got when he said, "You need to solidify your claim. You need to make a alliance. You need to do these things to make yourself more believable as a claimant." I think she's going to see a political alliance there and make a non, non-emotional choice to wed Leonor. Leonor, like they do in Fire and Blood, right? But and that's what's going to be interesting is this time it'll be her choice. I agree yeah, with you. Totally I agree with you. It might stretch it out one more episode. I might be wrong mm-hmm. about which episode it happens, but it's going to happen. I think it will be the next one, but it might be one more. I was looking at the IMDb for this episode, and yeah. Joffrey Lawnmouth is cast there's a character who plays yeah. joffrey lawnmouth yeah and uh who for those that have read fire and blood is leonor's boyfriend lover they um, actually in the if you i saw on twitter if you read the captions like the they uh, must be different because i saw that same thing i think it was lady gwen that posted it yeah so it calls him Joffrey Valerion, which is weird because he never marries or becomes Joffrey Valerion. But it doesn't show it for me. It doesn't show oh, it online. Really? Yeah. I watched with the subtitles on HBO Max and it didn't come up for me. I think it's the guy that yells dragon approaching or something. Oh. It's supposed to be him. Maybe it was that, but um, I didn't see. It didn't come up for me. Dang it. Oh well. A lot of times it doesn't come up for me. What? So the the interesting part will be you're right whether there's the Damon seduction part or the Kristen seduction part and which way they go right like they're I feel like they're probably going to choose a path on it I don't know what that path will be yeah I'm not, I'm not sure or if there's going to be a three four person thing going on here of Damon of Kristen Cole of Harwin Strong maybe kind of in the periphery mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. And Leonor Valerian. Mm-hmm. Totally. That could be that could be fun. Could be fun. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Kristen, I can maybe see him taking over as uh, Lord Commander this episode or next. Yeah, yeah, that could happen for sure. Harold Westerling took a very reduced role in this episode. He was there, but I don't think he had a single line. He could maybe die, and Kristen takes his spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of course sets some things in motion. Um, I think that's about it. That's about all I have too. 
I do like the idea of the the second son being the title of this episode. You have Damon being the second son. Mm-hmm. You have, as we see here, Otto Hightower is maybe a second son. Yes, he is. Um, Aegon the second is, is technically a... a second son. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. He's a first son, but yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So a few different little things going on there. I do, I guess I don't have much else. I don't think I had one more thing, not really an episode prediction, but just uh, a comparison uh, with Rhaenyra and Rhaegar. Mm. Uh, Rhaenyra indicates she's planning to sit in that godswood and read for three days instead of going on the hunt. Uh, And Rhaegar, we know, uh, is a dedicated reader, spends days and nights in the library reading things and eventually finds something that tells him that he needs to go train and be a knight and be a warrior. And I wonder if Rhaenyra is going to find something that tells her that she is the line, that she is the one that needs to have kids and make her kids the heirs that end up being important, right? That she's going to find something that gives her a push just as to, did. yeah to make that maybe that unemotional choice yes and like exactly. you're saying you yeah. need to make errors you don't want to you need to and they right? need to be strong yeah strong they need to be strong <laughs> boom uh, well played yeah. mm-hmm. um that's all we got Kalisar. these episodes are getting progressively longer deal with it <laughs> we're over two hours now we're Oh my goodness. Uh, well, uh, this is us. That's what you get. I do last thing. I do think Viserys is going to slowly be beaten down. We we haven't really stressed much the promise he made about defending Rhaenyra's claim that she will not be supplanted, a very important message he's given to her very powerfully. He's going to I there think there will be consequences almost, to that. Well, he's just going to autom- honestly almost immediately be pushed back and not honor that. Right. He's going to fail almost to be as He has I to said, continuously make other people angry to make other people happy. As I said earlier, I think him and Rhaenyra are the only ones that truly believe that she will be a ruling queen. I really and he's do. Not, he's not going to be strong enough to convince others. He's king. He could. If he were strong enough, he could convince others. No, she's the heir. Believe it. You swore obeisance. She's the heir, but he's not strong enough to do it. Yeah. Yep. Well, shall we sign off? Yeah. All right. This is uh, Matt signing off, reminding you that if it's been three years, it can wait another three days. Uh, This is Scad signing off and saying uh, that hearing Matt's stories about going to the Gorge and seeing his favorite band, Dave Matthews, uh, perform. If you haven't yet seen your favorite band perform at a great venue, please try to make that happen because seeing him light up talking about it tonight before we went on air was magical and everyone should have that. So please do it. Find your favorite band. Go see them. Go see it. Don't wait. Good night, everybody. Mm